This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to the 2019 TSN MMA Show Awards. I don't know if we're officially calling it that, but this is the second straight year we've done this. We have a media roundtable of individuals from the biggest outlets in the industry. We've got SureDog, we've got Post Media, MMA Fighting, ESPN. We're missing MMA Junkie because Mike Bond's in Vancouver, but we'll live without him. Uh, a crazy year of MMA as always. You know, this is the craziest sport in the world to cover. It seems like there's... Has there ever been a dull year in MMA? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> you, you're just wow. you're just spitballing. Yeah, probably just making not. that up. I'm sure 2013. There's that one wild. year with all those injuries that all the cards oh sure yeah. got canceled and stuff. And yeah. then there was, there was I think wasn't 20- that last year and the year before oh, okay. that and the year pretty before much that. Every year. <laughs> yeah. You know this year's actually been pretty good. I think uh, in terms of main events yeah. for the most part. Early on it was it was tough because of Holloway and I mean Holloway pulled off two straight cards yes. February and March or was it March and, March and April rather and. Uh, you know, we had Whitaker was hurt for most of the year. Mm-hmm. In terms of the champions, um, there hasn't been a lot of turnover. I mean, Rose defended once. She beat Ioana for a second time. Uh, Flyweight was basically in its infancy. I mean, Montano had won at the end of last year. Uh, that's since changed. Bantamweight has remained the same one title defense. Cyborg, the Cyborg division remains the Cyborg division. Uh, flyweight might not be Flyweight anymore, but DJ got uh, dethroned, which I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have thought was likely going into this year. Uh, then, of course, you've got uh, the bantamweight division, TJ, one, one defense. <laughs> he, he was hurt for a bit of the year. Uh, featherweight, Max, one defense. He was hurt for most of the year. Uh, lightweight, Khabib, wins the vacant title, defends it against Connor. He was probably the most active guy in terms of people at the championship level. Woodley, one defense against Darren Till. Middleweight, zero defenses for Whitaker due to Yoel Romero missing weight. Light heavyweight, Cormier, one defense. And heavyweight has been a pretty busy division, actually, because we've got Cormier uh, beating Stipe and then defending the title once after defending the light heavyweight title. So Cormier has been a, a busy body. And that's why for Fighter of the Year, we scrapped it. Yep. It's a consensus, I would imagine, for Daniel Cormier. I of mean, I, I think the yeah. only other person you could make a, um, a case for is Khabib. But even that, I think, would be a stretch considering what Cormier has done in this year. Uh, and then we also scrapped Newcomer of the Year because I think Israel Adesanya is pretty much the only answer for that one, unless anybody has something else they want to pull out of their hat that I didn't realize. No, I think you're right. I just think it's worth mentioning that we're doing this before UFC 232 because I think if Amanda Nunez does win that title against Cyborg, you could put her in the talk for Fight of the Year. I agree. Yeah, Alex, I, I, go ahead because I know you, you said that could be an alternative argument for yeah, her, Yeah, right? for sure. I think, you know, I, 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 when I was making a, a top five list for, for MMA fighting, I, I had uh, Henry Cejudo in the top five just because of the win over just because of the win over Mighty Mouse. Like, it's just such a momentous thing to do that, to end that streak. And I think Nunez, for sure, I would have put it over Cormier. That's that's pretty close. I will say Cormier might be number one regardless of what happens at 232, but you have to mention Nunez if she's the person who unseats Cyborg, especially if it's by, like, a knockout or something like that. So, uh, you know, definitely want to give her an honorable mention, I suppose. Yeah, I think defeating Cyborg is a much bigger accomplishment than defeating Stipe. I mean, heavyweights go down all the time. Cyborg never Cyborg lost her first professional fight and hasn't lost since. Yep. I think it's 22 in a row, something along those lines. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive run that she's had. But at the same time, she hasn't really fought a lot of high-level competition. This is the, the best fighter by far that she's probably ever fought. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that she hasn't fought Holly Holm. Like, how is that fight? Who? Ha- Amanda Nunez. Yeah, yeah that's I the was, one I've fight that, that about hasn't that happened. Too. Like, you know, they kept saying, oh, there's no challengers. Holly Holm's right there, right? Yeah, and look, we know even if she doesn't always win the title yeah. fight, she puts up good fights I agree in the future challenges. Like, it's just yeah. it's weird that that fight never got bucked. Yeah. But who has she beaten at at uh, 135 since? I mean, nobody, right? I mean, she beat uh, she beaten Betch. Who did Holm oh, beat? Home, yeah, uh, who did Holm beat? Uh, Betch and then uh, Megan Anderson at 145. 145, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she hasn't really been active at 135. 
But uh, let's get moving. Let's uh, let's start off sure. with our fight of the year. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have the same answer, but we'll start with Danny. Uh, because I think a lot of people are going to have the same answer. I kind of had three that I loved. I will say that I would not put him up there as fighter of the year, but I think Diego Santos had a pretty cool year. I think he fought mm-hmm. five times. He had the loss to David Branch, but other than that, and I and, really love At the same time, Anthony Smith is you can put in the same category. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're both guys, and I just thought his fight with Jimmy Manuel deserves... I mean, I know it was recent, and there was a level of recency bias, but there was a level where I was like, why are these two doing this? This is such a stupid way <laughs> to fight. fight was it. so much fun. It was so much fun, <laughs> and like on the same level, um, and I think I'm, I'm going to go with this one, and it's in sort of... I guess it's a little on-brand for me, but I like the emotions, and uh, it wasn't a long fight, but I did... Jose Aldo and uh, Jeremy Stevens in Calgary was just a fight where the emotions in the arena, being there that night and being cage side, I like. I can't remember many fights where I felt something like that. Um, so I, I think you guys will go with other ones, but those are those are that particular fight is one that really stands out for me. Is just I didn't think Aldo had the chin to take what he took from Stevens and then landing it and, and just the his first finish in like years his as well. Finish in years yeah. and just the emotional outpouring that came after the fight was uh, sort of stuck with me throughout the year. So. I don't think I'm really picking one, but those are just two fights that really stand out for me as being cool, special moments. We should point out that you live in Calgary, and this is the this is the first card to come to Calgary since that stinker years ago. And the card was amazing. And the card I mean, was amazing. That, it, like credit yeah. beginning to end, that card was fantastic. Absolutely. Um, and there were a lot. Like, I'm was, sure there are some people that have the main event as their fight of the year. Oh, which was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I have Poirier Gaethje as my other yeah, kind of one that I have right up yeah. there. So yeah. um, I don't always go with the three round wars. Sometimes it's about you know what happens in the fight, even if they are shorter. So those are kind of my picks. All right, Alex. Well, I think, like you said, it's funny. I also want to talk about the Manuel fight, even though we're all saying we kind of know which one we're going to say is actually number one, <laughs> and yet we're not saying it for some reason. So I won't be the one to do it because that just seems that just seems lame now. Uh, but I, I I did want to point out what you said about the the, the Manuel fight. Like, why are these guys doing this? There's one point where uh, I think it was Santos who threw like throws so like an overhead like like flying spinning yeah, around at the, the end of the first. Yeah, yeah, and it's I, I swear it was like the crowd had taken control of him. It was, like, it was almost like mentally, like everyone had said, gosh, we'd really like to see someone throw a 360 overhead roundhouse kick right now. And then there it was. And it was, it, it was, you just don't see that at the UFC level often. You might see that someone throwing that in like a wild regional fight. But well, he, he's one of those guys who, like, I don't know if it's because he doesn't speak great English or what, but like Diego Santos, when, he looks, when he looks good, he looks great. And I'm like, this guy's a future champion. And then he looks so bad sometimes. Yeah. But I feel like he should be a fan favorite. And he's just not for some reason, but yeah, I love him. I'll, I'll leave it to our compatriots to talk about the, the one I think that we're all we said we're not mentioning that zombie, zombie, and yeah. uh, Yair Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my fight of the year isn't actually uh, Yair Rodriguez. This is uh, Korean Zombie. <laughs> it's actually Robert Whittaker versus Yoel Romero mm. two. Oh, that was a good fight. at UFC two twenty five in Chicago. Um, I just think those two are born to fight to the forever. Um, and my actually my uh, my honorable mention. Um, was actually going to be Chris Weidman versus Jacare uh, at Madison Square Garden. I was uh, front row cage side for that one, and those two were kind of just duking it out. Um, it didn't go to the ground at all. It was just back and forth all the way through. The crowd really, really into it. Uh, sucked for Weidman to kind of, you know, once again in MSG uh, suffer a, a knockout loss in the third round. Uh, but up until that moment, it was real, you know, back and forth stuff from two of the best middleweights in the world. Um, but yeah, it wasn't actually going to be a Yair versus Zombie, funnily enough, from me anyway. So, uh, Adam, over to you. Am I the only one who thought that that was a robbery, by the way, that Whitaker versus uh, uh, Romero? Usually, I don't, I, don't, I, don't throw, I don't throw robbery around a lot, but I thought that fight was a robbery. It was close. I don't know robbery. Could have been a draw, I think, with the 10-8. I, I, I scored it a draw. I yeah. thought Romero won like yeah. three of the rounds plus a 10-8, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. All right, Adam, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to go and <laughs> take the low-hanging fruit. And Someone take, has uh, to. Yair Rodriguez versus Chan Sung Jung. I mean, that fight was incredible. Uh 
I think you have you can make the argument that it was the single greatest knockout in MMA history. One second left. The guy was going to lose on all the scorecards. I, I thought I was getting, actually I had my tweet ready saying amazing fight, but you know Green Zombie what forty eight forty seven whatever, and then bang upwards. Up. Never even seen a knockout like that before. Didn't even know that was humanly possible. And I mean I have to take it as my fight of the year. I, I'm assuming you're going to go with the two Aaron, but I just want to say quickly my my runner up would be Tony Ferguson against Anthony Pettis. Oh, that that fight was mm-hmm. so sick. I mean, unbelievable fight, and and great job by Duke Rufus to throw the towel in, basically, and say, hey, my fighter's done. I'd like to see that more. I, mm-hmm. You know, that's a different argument here, but we've seen so many so many fights lately, guys. Like, the Brian Ortega fight, we were all there for that fight. Like, at some point, the corner's got to watch out for their fighters, and these guys, I know Brian Ortega's healed up. I saw your picture, Jim Marker, but still, man, like, these guys are going to have shortened careers because their fighters aren't, uh, you know, they're taking too much damage. But, uh, yeah, those two fights were my fights of the year. Well, the crazy thing about Yair versus Zombies, before the finish, it might have been the fight of the year. That was an amazing fight. Back and forth, uh, a lot of crazy things thrown. But like you mentioned, that finish, I think, is the best finish in combat sports history, given the timing of it, how it happened. And if you try to do it 100 more times, regardless of the, the clock, like the precision of it, like, I hate to say it was a fluke. It was a fluke. Yeah. It like, almost seemed ca- like fake. Like, it's to, almost like, how did that yeah, actually happen? To catch him like that, and, and the crazy thing about it is when you were watching it live, you didn't know what happened. He just face-planted, and you were like, and then they showed the replay in slow motion, and you got to see everybody else react to it, like the, the commentary, you know, watching this, the replay and watching how it happened. It was absolutely surreal. The, uh, the, the thing, the thing that, uh, about the broadcast that I think they did wrong, which is nobody's fault except for maybe the producer of the post-show, is they had Karen Bryant do a pre-voiced intro <laughs> And she's like, "Well, we just had a great card here." Like, there's oh. the and then she then they come on live and the energy is like sky high. But the the energy of the intro. And I sent Karen a message saying, like, in these cases you should talk to the producer and have them. She never got back to me, but in these cases you should talk to the producer and, and have them elevate the uh, the level. But um, I thought that uh, that was just one of the craziest things I've ever seen. That was the moment of the year for me, like the finish of the year, no question. Yeah. I want to be clear that I said other things, but like I it's, still yeah. watch that. Like, You're I, looking at start to finish. Yeah, though. I'm I do not train in MMA. In at all, and like I try to do like a backwards <laughs> elbow up. There's no power. Like you guys, like, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Like, yeah. But, it, with the right for, but it, and he was coming forward. Yeah. So if he's hmm. coming forward at the right speed, you hit the right spot. Yeah. He hit the right on the chin. Like it was pinpoint, pinpoint not accuracy, pinpoint fluke. Yeah. I think it was a fluke. But I, I know I, that, they, that he does train it, and he did throw it earlier in the fight. It's just catching him with it is. Can insane. we just take a moment to acknowledge that the UFC cut Yair Rodriguez this year? Oh, he's supposed to come back. He's America. It's in their tournament, yeah. but it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> how do you cut that guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's in the super fight. With he's like a video game. Eric Perez and Yair Rodriguez. One thing I want to say about the elbow is, I think fluke is a little harsh, but I think it's funny that I think he said after, oh, we trained, we trained that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, maybe you've thrown it in practice for fun, like. Yeah. Like Steph Curry practices headbutting the ball into the net from 40 feet away. You're not actually doing it. You're not actually doing that in the middle of a game. Yeah. So uh, Fluke is, I don't know if that's accurate, but I think you're right. That maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's something that like yeah. sure. It's something that you definitely practiced a lot because um, I don't know if you guys saw the video and I can't remember offhand which fight it was, but Donald Cerrone attempted that a few years ago um, and it didn't lead to a knockout. Um, but that is something that they've you know tried to do and work on and things like that, that nature. But going back to that particular fight, that moment, that knockout, 100% knockout of the year, I kind of just l- tend to lean towards title fights. You know, in terms of when I think about fight of the year um, candidates, um, you know, when it's a title fight, there's so much more at stake, and and I kind of you know put that into my equation. But outside of that, Yair versus Zombie was just an incredible fight. And if you just think about what they both went through, you know, they were both coming off from incredibly long layoffs you know Rodriguez literally went from the outhouse to the penthouse in terms of 
his status with the company and the organization being outed and then being thrust back in to the main event of the UFC's 25th anniversary show, no less. Um, have that war as with a short notice opponent. It's two weeks notice, two, <laughs> yeah. it's two weeks notice. notice. Yeah. On short yeah. notice. Yeah. Um, and then Jeez. to literally go, go into Dana White's good graces post fight. And then obviously you see the image from the hospital and that whole thing. Those are the kind of moments that kind of galvanizes the fan base and, and brings everyone together just to kind of take a moment to say, wow. These are the most amazing moments that this sport can produce. I, by the way, I'm a sucker for those hospital photos, man. I love that picture. <laughs> Jones and Gus was in Jones this and weekend. Jones and Gus and yeah. Kendo and Shogun, which I yeah. think is the greatest fight ever. And then Jones and Gus, which is the second greatest mm-hmm. fight ever. Yeah. But uh, we'll see if there's another hospital photo in two weeks or next week, I should say. Yeah, next weekend. Yeah. Um, so, surprise fighter, fighter of 2018. You're up, Danny. Am I? Okay. Unless you want me to go in reverse order. <laughs> yeah, let's go in reverse. All right, Adam, yeah. go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm going to pick? Okay. He got knocked out in February by Tiago Santos and then went on to win three straight fights by knockout or by, by stoppage, I should say. And now he's the number one contender light heavyweight, Anthony Smith. Unbelievable. I mean, are you kidding me? This guy was basically a gatekeeper in the middleweight division, 500 record in the UFC, and then now he's arguably the and number one contender. On the door. It's mm-hmm. crazy, man. So he gets knocked out by, uh, by Santos and then moves up to light heavyweight, knocks out Rashad Evans, knocks out Shogun, and finishes Vulcan used in mirror. I, I mean... Talk about fighter of the year, right? he's got to be up there in the top 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. But as far as like surprise breakout fighter, um, I, I, I'd go with Anthony Smith, man. What a year he's had. Absolutely. Yeah, knocking on the door for a title shot. Sandu. Um, I'm actually on the same page as Adam here. It's Anthony Smith for me. If you told me a year ago we'd be talking about Anthony Smith as a, as a contender uh, in the light heavyweight division, I would not have believed you. And the fact that this guy started the year with a loss at middleweight uh, moves up to 205 pounds and has gone on the run that he's gone on. But not just the run. I think if you look at the performances, how he's conducted himself, you know, it was a smart move to go into a division, you know, that is lacking star power, that is lacking contenders. Um, so I think he's done an absolutely fantastic job. Um, and I'm really excited to see if he can continue this momentum uh, into next year. I, I personally think, given the way um, the title picture is probably going to go, um, if Gustafsson wins, you're probably going to do uh, a trilogy fight with John Jones. If John Jones wins, he's most likely going to move up to heavyweight and challenge Cormier next year. So that light heavyweight championship, I feel as though will be kind of just put aside for the time being. If Anthony Smith in Q1 can perhaps get one more victory um, over a top five opponent, maybe a Jan Blachowicz, for example, in, a, in another fight night main event, that I think will secure himself a title fight at some point down the road in 2019. And um, and it's been well-earned if that is the case. Uh, the fight to make is him versus Thiago Santos, the last guy to beat him who's now moved up to light heavyweight. Fair I think enough. that's the I fight love that idea too. Fight. All right, Alex. Why would you put Anthony Smith through that again? That first fight because was you have to earn a title <laughs> shot. <laughs> My goodness, that you was, have to earn it. We talk about that loss. It did a lot for both men. Obviously, a lot for for Tiago. But uh, Anthony Smith. I remember he took a spinning kick in that one, and I thought this guy's. It, it landed so hard, and and somehow he survived. I think I spoke to him later. He said he did not remember that kick at all. He just <laughs> it yeah. just happened. He survived it, and he moved on. Uh, I, I would agree. I think has to be the number one choice for surprise of the year. I'm going to give a little shout out. I know this. We, we like to keep this UFC talk, but I have to give some shout outs, uh, some love to. Uh, uh, professional Fighters League, Ray Cooper the Third. Yeah, great that's pick. a good one. Great yeah. pick. That's a good Jake one. Shields Fantastic twice this year. Mm-hmm. He could be UFC. Ba- I'm not sure how the PFL contracts work, so I don't know if he wins and gets to, you know, if he wins this tournament and then gets to move on as a free agent. I'm not sure. Oh, why would you go to the UFC when you can get, make a million dollars a year? Well, and we'll do it again. That happens. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm sure that checks in the mail. <laughs> came out of nowhere. You know, his father, his fa- there was a storyline there which was like somewhat interesting. His father had fought Jake Shields a couple of times. And then, but you know, I don't know if a lot was expected. Maybe even him beating Jake would have been like interesting. But he knocked him out twice. I think I think he knocked him out both times. 
And and he looks like a real like if anyone's talking about anything from the PFL, he's definitely he's the legit. name from it. So it's super mm-hmm. exciting. But um, yeah, Anthony Smith and, and Ray Cooper the third. I hear you guys. Um, I'm gonna say like this isn't. I'm gonna do two, one really quick. I actually was. I'm surprised at that. Uh, Israel Adesanya was this good, this fast. I did not see him. You know, he's now a title contender. Um, uh, like the way what he did to Derek Brunson, like that was surprising just because it was. I mean, his striking is just next level, and he's now fought two guys who technically were able, were supposed to be able to exploit his biggest weakness, and he's shown it. I'm going to say Ally Aquint is my surprise of the year. I mean, he took Khabib Nurmagomedov on less on what 24 hours yeah, notice, he was on my pretty much, and, mm-hmm. and and survived it. And then I I'll be honest, I thought he was going to get destroyed by Kevin Lee, and uh, surprised me there. So I, I think it's got to be Ally Aquinta, and that's probably about my expectations for him a little bit. But he seems like he's got his head straight, and. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, I don't know if we have a contender, but we've got a guy who's in the mix. He's going to be headlining cards for the next yeah. 18 months, so that, that that would be mine. The one that surprised me the most was when Amanda Nunes used to win fights, she'd co- get on the mic and be like, Nina Ansarov is the future strawweight <laughs> champion. And you'd be like, yeah, well, that's very nice of you, but uh, she's, she, you know, she's not very good. It's a good answer. And suddenly... She's in the top three of the division. Yep. Oh, she beats man. Randa Marcos de- definitively in Calgary and then runs through Claudia Gadelia in Toronto. She's had a good year in Canada. And now she's in the top three. She's probably one fight away from a title shot. And she was on nobody's radar going into this year. Like I said, I think people thought that her fiancé was being nice and generous by putting her name out there. And now suddenly it's like, okay, well, maybe she knew maybe she knew what she was talking about. I don't even think she was really on our radar going into the Gedalia fight. Like, we no, all thought she no. was good, but I think we oh. all thought she was going to yeah. get trucked in that yep. fight. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, beating Randa Marcos is, is good. She's a ranked fighter. But beating a top three consensus strawweight who's never been out of the top three really is good. You know, in Gedalia, in the way that she did, was like, Wow. Yeah. She's legit. Yeah. That might be the best answer. Her striking's really good. Her striking's fantastic, yeah. yeah she's And even her, her top control was really good in that fight, too. So I think that, um, you know, she's probably a win away. I, it, because probably we're going to see Andrade. This is the problem with strawweight yeah. is I feel like the top three are so much better than everybody else. You've got Rose, you've got Andrade, and then you could probably put Joanna in there, too. And you've got Suarez, who I think is going to be able to de- defeat anybody in that division. Like I would put Suarez as a favorite against all three of those. Uh, people that I just mentioned. Everybody's okay. saying that they want Joanna to face Suarez. Like, if you want Joanna to bounce back, you don't put her against Suarez. <laughs> Suarez is going to sit on I'm top very of her for five Suarez. She's amazing. She's Aaron, incredible. Aaron, uh, Nina Ansaroff was such a good answer. I was genuinely surprised when you brought it up. I had actually... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's how good it was. So, I mean, I think the answer, that might be, that might be well, the, the answer right there. Yeah. All right, so let's, let's get into some prospects that are not in the UFC yet, but you would like to see debut in the UFC in 2019. I'm going to start with Adam because I'm getting a perplexed look from Danny uh, as I bring it up. Who seemingly has done no homework <laughs> like he did last year. <laughs> I must have missed that question. I have my <laughs> answers to the other ones. Ask Tramacro. i got to think of it. Now. All right. It's- Kayla Harrison. Um, I think she is a star in the making. I think she's doing fantastic stuff over at Professional Fighters League. Um, I think if you're going to have another challenger for Cyborg, if you, um, you know, if we're going to look at a crystal ball and Cyborg is successful over Amanda Nunes, what does the horizon look like for for 2019 in terms of bringing legitimate contenders over uh, to to challenge for that 145 pound championship? Um, if you look at her kind of Olympic background, um, her story, I think she's someone that the UFC's got an eye on. Um, I think she's, like I said, she's building up her record and her experience as she's transitioned to you know, full-time MMA. Um, she's done great so far. And uh, I would love, but at least by the end of 2019, 
to see her signed by the UFC and to make her debut. I definitely see the PFL holding on to her um, in the short term because she's obviously you know a marquee fighter for them. She's a she's a big star. Are there any them. other prison guards or whatever they can put her up against? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? for the time being. I yeah. know. Um, but yeah, I would love to see Kayla Harrison uh, come over I, because I think she could be yet another major um, you know, face of the UFC in terms of being another female star for the organization. She's implied that she's not overly enthusiastic about the UFC, right? Like, I, I don't think... She fights at lightweight. We don't even have that division, right? I guess yeah. she could drop the featherweight. She would have to drop the featherweight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, fight, and, and I mean, she's if really Nunes big. doesn't beat Cyborg, I don't know what's next for Cyborg. Yeah. Cyborg has two fights left. <laughs> a new title, 155. Yeah, has one person in it. <laughs> um, I guess my answer, like, he's not a prospect, but the debut that I'm most looking forward to is Ben Askren. I mean, like, that's such a boring, obvious answer, but yeah. he's the guy we've been waiting for, what, seven, eight years? I was years? thinking of people that are currently outside of the organization that aren't yeah. signed, but that's a fair answer. Which I've been busy with Grey Cup, man. Uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it was what, ended what, like a month and a half ago? Not a month and a half ago. <laughs> the aftermath, though. <laughs> the ripples, though. Yeah, exactly. Are felt. Yeah, exactly. I think you, like the PFL guys, so like Ray Cooper, who you mentioned, I'd love to see him in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this guy, Nathan Schulte, he's really underrated. Yeah, he's really good. He beat Chris Wade twice. He beat Jason High, and he draw, uh, had a draw with Johnny Case. So I've got a, really I've got a hand it to the PFL. PFL put on great events this year. Yeah, they, they, No one watched and no one they attended. Were uneven. Yeah. They were yeah, uneven. No. There was, I, will say, I, I watched almost all, and some of them were stinkers. Yeah. But I think yeah. overall... The Very format strong. was great. The idea was great. Mm-hmm. The people they brought in were really high level. I was mm-hmm. pretty impressed. I feel yeah. like I'm ruining this podcast, but I do want to say that the fighter I'm least excited to see make his debut is Greg Hardy. And I don't think <laughs> oh. that he should be allowed in the UFC, and yeah. I'm serious what's happening. Well, yeah. oh, I thought you were sense. going to say Logan Paul, but the, uh, <laughs> 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 I'd rather watch Logan Paul than Greg Hardy. Uh, Did you give an answer already, Sandu? For... For, um, Kayla Harrison. He led the way. Oh, you said Kayla. Yeah. Sorry. So you, you were just so excited about the answer, Alex, that I thought it was yours. No, it was, a, it was a great answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kayla is, has all the makings of a star for sure. If they can, yeah, if she can cut the weight or if somehow they manufacture 105. <laughs> I can't even finish the sentence. I can't yeah. wait to the official UFC rankings for that lightweight <laughs> women's division. I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for the 145 women's Yeah, there's yeah, no exactly. rankings yet for that. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, kind of on that note, I think they should add another women's division. I kind of want to see the Adam Waits come in. I, I'm sorry. I, look, Ashley Cummins. So if Ashley, you're going to get rid of the flyweight men's flyweight division, you're not adding the damn Adam weight well, division. Here's, here's why. Here's why. I'm sorry. I'll shout out some names first of all. Jin Yu Frey, I think she can be a big yes. star. Mina Grisander. Have them move up to 115 like Waterson did. No, no. Some of them are really small. Ashley Cummins is like really small. Uh, Alicia Zapatelli, Loma Luke Boonmi. So these are all good Invicta. I'm just showing out some Invicta flyweights. Uh, sorry, Invicta Adam weights. The, the reason I think there wouldn't be as much of a problem with sort of over, oversaturation and adding another division is I, I think the average fan. This is going to sound kind of disrespectful. I'm not sure to the fans or to the the, the, the fighters themselves. I don't know if they're aware. I, I think they kind of lump a lot of the lighter weight women together. I think they might know the Rousey and Cyborg and Up division, and then they know the now the Shevchenko, Yachechik, and Down division. That's it. I think so. I don't know if they'd be if they would care as much. Also, I think there could be a lot of um, movement because it's only ten pounds between like Michelle Waterson, Tisha Torres. Maybe they could they could go down to uh, to 105. And a Waterson's been there. Yeah. I don't know if she ever wants to again, but. If it became an option, maybe she given would how big out. some of her opponents have exactly. been, exactly, like, yeah, it wouldn't be bad. I so, think that's so would love a to see. Move. I say add another division. I say I say bring out, bring in the Invicta Adam weights and uh, and have at it. You know, I, I like bringing up Invicta because I, I kind of I forgot about them almost for a second. But I think uh, like Felicia Spencer, their featherweight champion, mm-hmm. she's undefeated. All of her fights are in Invicta. She's small though; she's only like five foot six. Yeah. She's a little raw as well. A little and, raw. And what's yeah, and what's uh, what's the Brazil Vama? What's her name? The Brazilian uh, uh, Jandaroba? Yeah, Jan- Verna Jamba. Yeah, Verna. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. She's really. She's good. solid too. I mean, yeah. They'll be in the UFC at some point. Yeah, yeah. I guess Invicta is basically like an unofficial feeder league, yeah, or maybe it's official part. at this point. Yeah. But, uh, 
you know, you also have to look at Legacy FC, or sorry, not Legacy FC, Legacy Fighting Alliance, yeah. LFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some really, really good prospects. It seems like every Contender Series guy uh, comes from there. So yeah. um, I can't wait for the Contender Series, by the way. I think that's going to be a really good season next year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the Brazilian season was, was good if you were able to watch it without uh, the commentary, <laughs> that you, unless you understand Portuguese. Um, my answer is uh, Robin Van Roosmalen, who they just put out a release mm. about a week or two ago that he's going to transition full-time to MMA. He was a glory champion at uh, featherweight and lightweight. I was actually on last week's show. Um, but... If you look at what Adesanya's done, it's a lot easier to do that at the heavier weight classes. I'd be curious to see what somebody at a lighter weight class, like 145, where he says he wants to fight, is able to do in terms of stuffing takedowns and in terms of uh, keeping things on the feet. He has been training um, at Hard Knocks 365 for the last five years. So he's been doing all kinds of grappling and, and wrestling and all of those different things to prepare him for MMA to make this jump because he had accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish um, in the kickboxing realm. Also, shout out to his dad who uh, who knocked out one of the Klitschkos um, back in the day. Uh, but uh, Robin Van Roosmalen's my answer. I think that uh, I think he'll be in the UFC this year. Uh, and if they don't sign him and someone else does, that's they're that's good on them because he's an elite elite striker. You know, and I, I think that Israel Adesanya being a glory former glory fighter coming to the UFC and having so much success is going to make some of these other kickboxers be like, yeah. hey, I want to work on my wrestling and see if I can have some well, success. Alex in- Pereira, the last guy to beat Adesanya in kickboxing, wants to, was supposed to be on Contender Series, the Brazil Contender Series this last year, and I guess either had visa issues or Glory blocked him. I don't know what happened, right. but he wants to go over too. Awesome. And then you're seeing other guys like heavyweights and stuff like that that want to make the jump as well. So um, that's who I think. Like I, I love seeing these kickboxers come over and see what they can do. Carl Roberson, for example, is another guy. Um, it's worth know. noting, Gokensaki did not have and that particularly great. Oh, <laughs> that, that, and you don't talk about knockout of the year. I mean, that 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 knockout gets forgotten about. Yeah, but Clear Roundtree's knockout on Gokensaki was Insane. you know top yeah. ten for sure. For sure. Yeah, uh, Van Roosmal, I will say, I think we wrote that one up for MMA Fighting. Um, another cheap plug. Guys, plug your sites while you're on here. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and, and I, I, I'm not as in tune with the kickboxing world as you might be, Aaron. And I, But I, when I saw the comments, I saw the reactions on Twitter, there was a lot of people expressing enthusiasm. And I was like, okay, I guess this guy's a big deal. You know, mm, He's 2-0 so. as a professional mixed martial artist. Mm-hmm. So he had, does have some experience, but it was a while back. Um, upset, or sorry, fight you're most looking forward to in 2019. Let's play matchmaker. Fights that are realistic uh, and could happen next year. Danny. I'm going to go with the one that just, I, I don't know that I, I'm going to agree with this in six months or even two months, but I am so excited for Cain Velasquez to be back, and I love mm-hmm. them putting him against Ngannou. Uh, for me, it's got more to do with Cain being back than, than anyone on the, uh, than his opponent. And you're such a Francis fan, too. Uh, well, I, like traditionally, I've been a Francis fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a rough 2018 for the most part, but um, I do just think that, you know, with, obviously with Cormier moving on, the heavyweight division, it, it needs Cain, and uh or it needs Francis, and that fight is going to go a long way towards sort of determining how the next eighteen months to two years of that division play out. And uh, for me, I'm just I'm just thrilled. Kane's always been one of my favorite fighters, and I think at his best, he was the best heavyweight of all time. So having that guy back and hopefully healthy and hopefully happy, um, that that for me, when I heard it announced, I, I was just so thrilled, to, you know, of the prospect of seeing him again. All right, Alex. Yeah, so I don't know if we were doing just fantasy matchmaking or fights that we have been announced. We can do both. It's either. Okay, well, either I, one I mean, that's booked I, or one that you, you think will be booked a, next a year. Fights that have been announced. I think, I think Schmacker has got to feel this one with me. I'm talking about The Clash in Connecticut, The Thrilla in <laughs> Uncas Villa, <laughs> Paul Daly versus Michael Venom Page, finally. I think that is, you know, I was looking at the welterweight Grand Prix field and, and the potential final, if like Rory goes all the way through, it is, is not like super exciting. I think it'll end up being a rematch, unless it's at Venom Page. But this fight had to happen. It's almost hilarious that it's not happening in, in London. 
Well, I keep hearing that Uncasville, Connecticut is like the London of, yeah, of the US. Yeah, I've heard that too. Lots of Brits living in Uncasville. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I can completely agree. Um, that's definitely on my list. It's a fight that's been in the makings for, I think, over two years now. Um, I think it'd be a tragedy if it didn't happen. It's, it's tragic that the fight is not happening in London or at the very mm-hmm. least yeah, it's ridiculous. somewhere in the UK, <laughs> anywhere that the UK fan base can actually get to. Um, will know, Peppa Pig be preempting it at the end? <laughs> well, that is the big <laughs> oh, question, Aaron. That is a big question. Maybe Peppa Pig will actually be a sponsor of... Uh, <laughs> because of because that's event. based on law. Like, they, ha- by law, cannot show as of 6 a.m., MMA. Yeah, yeah, and of course, I was the guy watching the stream, and I went downstairs and I came back up right before the Busasi fight, and I'm like, oh, I guess it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I went downstairs, I came back up, and the people were like, oh, Gegard Busasi looked amazing against Roy McDowell. I didn't see the fight. I watched well, it later. You got to the zone, buddy. Nah. Can no. you imagine staying up until like 5 55 a.m.? Oh, that would be brutal. You know, all night long, and then all of a sudden it just switches over to Peppa Pig. If you're a UK fan, that, that must have just left. You, you the... probably thought you were hallucinating at that point, though. Yeah. So it was, you're just like, uh, no, that, yeah. that wasn't real. Uh, I, must be, I must be really tired. Yeah. yeah. Would, um, would be enough if, to make me want to leave the European Union. <laughs> if we're talking Bellator, though, I think the, the best upcoming fight isn't even in Bellator, but it features Darian Caldwell against Horaguchi, but that's Ooh. this year. That's Great. Not next year. Yeah. That's yeah. like December. That's sneaking up New on Year's us. Eve, I can't wait yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's definitely on my list. Uh, I've got a bunch of fights that I'm um, hoping to happen next year. Uh, that you work I'm for ESPN with the UFC now, so you got the scoops. Oh, these are scoops. Oh, these are, yeah, exactly. You, these, you, these can are, take, you can take this with a pinch of salt. How, how about just one? <laughs> Let's go with just one, so just that one? so that everybody else's answers are safe. Okay, here. cool. All right. Well, it has to be DC Jones three. That's the fight I want to see happen next year. It has to happen. <laughs> it. We, they, you can't end the John Jones story or the Daniel Cormier story without them fighting one more time. Yes, and can. I want it to be <laughs> at heavyweight. You know, I saw, I think we all saw uh, John Jones's tweet from uh, late last night, early this morning, um, where he essentially, and for, I think for the very apparently first time. Apparently he's beaten Gustafson, by the way. Yeah, apparently he's, he's, so. He wants <laughs> already, Cormier to challenge him for his belt. Already overlooking Gus. Um, which, he, which he did the last time. Yeah, but it's funny because I think this is the first time He's actually gone on the record to say, hey, Daniel Cormier, we need to fight one more time. Yeah, he was always now, saying, oh, I've got nothing. Yeah, I've got I'm good. I've yeah. beaten him twice. Da, 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 da. So that's very interesting. So another little wrinkle to the John Jones DC story. But um, I would love to see if, if, if everything goes according to plan, where let's just say Jones beats Gustafsson and let's just say DC you know, fights, you know, Brett, Brock Lesnar in March, then maybe these two headline that July 4th card next uh, next summer. Yeah, I'm not convinced the Brock Lesnar fight even happens, to be honest with you, at this Same. point. Same. Nobody's talked about him in, in yeah, forever. I absolutely. asked Dana about him recently, and he goes, oh, I, somebody just recently told me he re-upped with the WWE. I go, well, would that preclude him from <laughs> fighting in the UFC? He goes, no. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, he was just trying to buy time there. <laughs> right. And then also leaving the door open a little crack, but I, whatever, I don't know. Whatever heat it had in July is gone. Oh, no, it's I mean, totally no gone. One, yeah, no one talks about it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was going to pick Jones versus DC3 just because I think the fight could be different at heavyweight. DC looks better at heavyweight, in my opinion. Uh, we've never seen Jones at heavyweight, so I think that'd be great. Um, since Tremacro picked pick that, I'm going to go with something else. I'll go with Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler. I can't wait for this fight because I think it's going to tell us a lot about Ben Askren. You know, pr- Robbie Lawler is an amazing fighter, and he's a very tough matchup for Ben Askren because he's got very good takedown defense, and his striking is unbelievable. So... Ben's only taking guys down. He's never went and stand with a, stood with a guy and, and struck with them. And this is going to be the fight to test him. Personally, I'm kind of leaning towards Robbie Lawler to get that upset. And talk about betting odds. He's like plus 250, man. I think there's some value on Robbie Lawler there. Um, everybody went with Cormier Jones at heavyweight. That was my answer. But I, I did have a good backup, which is uh, knock on wood. 
Khabib versus yes, Tony. Four. Yeah. I was going to interrupt if you didn't yeah. say five. Yeah. Was this five? Fifth kick of the can? If they did I think it? so, yeah. yeah. Fifth one, yeah. Fifth one, yeah. I only picked my one because I thought everyone was going to pick that. Well, we didn't want to jinx it. Nobody wanted to jinx it. Thanks, Aaron. You heard me knock on the wood. Oh, man. I've... I actually think it's the worst possible matchup for Khabib it is. of anybody in the UFC. And if Khabib is able to beat Ferguson, he could walk away the best of all time. Undefeated record. Like, really, there would be no question marks on, on how good this guy is. Um, not that there really are right now. I mean, he's lost one round officially in his entire UFC tenure. So um, that, I think, is the fight that I would love to see. Um, but if I had to choose between that and Jones versus Cormier at heavyweight, I think I'd go with Jones versus Cormier at heavyweight. Not me. I, like, I mean, in part because I've talked so many times about Tony and Khabib, and they've managed to cancel it in the weirdest possible ways every time. But, like, you talk about it being, like, legacy-defining. Like, I think for both of those guys. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. for Khabib and, and Tony. Like, and that elusive this, championship for Tony. That is the Tony. fight yeah. that establishes Like, if Tony wins, yeah. we got to start talking about him as Yeah, because what would be 14 in a row or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and, I mean, Crazy. honestly, that top of that lightweight division, like, give me another Poirier fight. Like, give me who you can match any of them up, them up with each other, and it's just an amazing fight that is one of my top 10 of mm-hmm. uh, 2018. Well, upset, upset of the year, I think, is kind of obvious as well. I don't know if everybody has the same one, but uh, you can you can go ahead, Danny, unless you don't have one, uh, I mean, go to Adam. I, look, we talked about it earlier, so I'm stealing uh, Sandy's answer, but it, it's Cejudo beating DJ, and that's not a knock on Cejudo. It's the fact that I genuinely think that Demetrius Johnson is, is the best fighter probably to ever step into the octagon, and I didn't expect him to lose to a guy he'd already beaten. So credit to Cejudo. I don't think it's like a shocking upset in retrospect, but um, it was just so accepted for all of us that DJ was going to go in and, and do something magical and win every time he stepped in the octagon. So that for me is it's, it's pretty night and day. I, I thought we were all going to say Corey Browning beating uh, Baby Slice, uh, <laughs> the fight that ended Elite XC. Oh, I'm sorry, Bellator. Yeah. Uh, listen, odds wise, that was what I think that was up there. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't think it was, it was number one. Was number one? I, I know uh, in terms of all of MMA, sure. it's up there. Uh, yeah. On most sites, uh, this this year on most sites, I think it was like I think Baby Slice was a ten to one yeah. favorite, which is crazy. It's one of those Bellator <laughs> lines. It's like nobody yeah. in Bellator on the prelims should be a ten to well, one. Because nobody knows who the guy he's fighting. Right. Nobody's going back and watching tape of this guy. Yeah. And if they're putting him up against Baby Slice, it's probably to to do the job. Yeah, so Cejudo, I mean, of course, uh, that would have been my pick as well. But, you know, just, just had to mention <laughs> what I thought. Again, it just so eerily, eerily familiar to the, uh, the Seth Petrozelli, you know, Kimbo Slice senior uh, moment. It, he, he, this is a little different. He kind of tired out, though, like his, I guess like his father would in some of his fights before, and, uh, and then was, was, was defeated. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was an unfortunate one. But, you know, he'll, he'll be fine. I think, I think he'll bounce back. I don't think he will. I don't think Baby oh. Slice is any good. I really don't. Wow. I don't think he's got much of a future. Okay. I think he's just riding the name. The coattails of the name, really. That's uh, personally, uh, no, no disrespect to the guy. I'm sure he works very hard, but he hasn't shown me anything that shows that he will be a top 15, top 20 guy um, in the division across the sport. Next time I speak to him, I'll pass that along. Please do. Sandu. Disrespect from Aaron Bronstad. It's not disrespect. It's just I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to be objective. I just I haven't seen. Hey, maybe it'll give him a, maybe he'll hear this and it'll make him work harder. I'd love to see him succeed. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it would be a great story. And I think his dad is a legend in the sport and yeah. I, all the power to him. But I just haven't seen anything. I hear you. I hear you. Um, but no, uh, in terms of this particular category, uh, I have to agree with the gentleman on my right here. It's uh, definitely going to be um, Cejudo beating DJ. Just didn't see it coming. Uh, when you get used to seeing uh, a long-standing champion like a Demetrius Johnson just win and win and win, like Anson Silva before him, you know, you start putting this streak together of just championship wins. 
you just don't see them losing. And so when it actually happens, it's a bit of a shock to the system. And the fact that I'd already had a win over Cejudo under his belt, you pretty much thought it was a formality. You, we were already thinking about him fighting TJ Dillashaw, um, you know, whether he would go up and weight or whether Dillashaw would go down, et cetera, et cetera. And so for me, uh, when uh, Cejudo's name was called out as the, as the winner of that fight, that was a huge shock and, a, and an upset. Yeah. That was my pick too, for sure. But I actually had a different pick that I thought everybody else was going to have. But okay, continue. Yeah, just getting back to what uh, Alex was saying, I'm just looking at the odds right. Yeah, uh, Ferguson Jr. was minus a thousand. Browning's plus six thirty. That was the thirteenth biggest upset of all time in MMA, so huge. <laughs> but we also had the fourth and sixth biggest upsets of all time in MMA this year on the same card. Uh, we had a, a Bubakar Nurmagomedov. He lost oh, to Pavel yeah, Kuch. Right. Yep. I remember he that. was minus, minus fourteen twenty. Mm-hmm. Kuch was plus eight twenty. And then Jake Shields versus Ray Cooper. Jake Shields fourteen to one, and Cooper eight to one. And Cooper was fourteen to one. first time, the first. And then fight, Cooper yeah. was the favorite in the next the fight. Second yeah. fight. Yeah, he was like a minus two thirty. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah. there's some value on Shields. No, yeah. of course nope. there wasn't. That's but uh, it's crazy. The same night too, eh? It's that, just that like, crazy, it's like yeah. that card with the two knee bars on it. We uh, were at Mystery Pizza, uh, whatever mm-hmm. Mystery Pizza, uh, when when that when that fight was going on. Yeah, is that what it's called? I believe so. Pizza. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Something like that. Um, but my upset of the year that I thought everybody was going to pick is Paul Craig versus Magomed Ankalaev. Ankalaev is like this undefeated Dagestani prospect with tons of hype behind him. I think it was a minus six or 700 favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Craig, everybody said, was going to get cut after this. It was the last fight of his contract. They put him in a position to fail. And fail he did for three <laughs> rounds up until 457 of the third round where he locked in the triangle until 459 of the, of the third round where Ankalaev shockingly tapped... With like such little like, yeah. hang on, just hang on, you have dude. To. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that that to me was the craziest upset because of the circumstances around it too. Like he was getting beaten up for that long, and to lock up that triangle at the very last second, um, I don't know if that should be comeback of the year, but I actually think I think it's the upset of the year because of all the hype that Ankalaev had going in, and then you saw Ankalaev in his next fight just dominate. So, uh, you know, clearly Ankalaev's got a really bright future, and for Paul Craig to do that and uh, ruin the uh, welcoming party, I thought was pretty cool. I, I, actually, I actually had to write that up as well uh, recently, the, the Craig submission. And he was also, that was the last fight on his UFC contract. He had said uh, that he was going probably going to retire because the UFC's going to cut yeah. him. So yeah. he's like, I'm not, if I'm not fighting the UFC, I'm going to So it literally saved his whole career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing about that one is it happened in 459 round three. So he set the record for latest stoppage in a three-round fight. And then later in that card, we had Leon Edwards knock out Peter Sabat at yeah. 459. Yeah. What are the odds of that yeah. happening? It's, it's just, so crazy. It's just like the upsets in, in the <laughs> yeah. PFL. Yeah. So and so, so, happen in MMA. So, yeah, so th- that happened in twos. That happened in yes. twos. And the other crazy one from this year was in Dallas where both yes. Aljamain Sterling and Zabit had that pitches, same yeah. crazy, I don't even know what to call it, that submission. Uh, Two love stretch. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like a they, bar. Yeah, yeah, they they both did it on the same Unreal. card. Unreal, Unbelievable. It was sport, like within right? an hour, I think. Sport's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> and so these things happen in twos apparently. Um, so who will be champion at this time next year? Let's let's revisit our answers from last year. James uh, Lynch is the only person that's not here, and his podcast co-host Adam is uh, is here um, in his place for this year. But women's strawweight, nobody had Rose. We had two for Joanna, two for Andrade, one for Calvillo, which was Alex, before the suspension was announced. Um, women's flyweight, uh, one for Joanna, two for Shevchenko, one for Montano. That was Alex again. I don't know what he was thinking there. And Danny's answer was, I, I just want to see Joanna and Shevchenko. And now we have, so there you go. Yeah. Women's bantamweight, everybody had Nunes. Everybody was right. Same with featherweight with Cyborg. Flyweight, Danny said TJ Dillashaw. So, I mean, it's on the horizon. And everybody else said DJ. So Danny has probably the best answer there compared to where we're at because DJ is no longer in the UFC. Uh, bantamweight, Danny then had the worst answer with Jimmy Rivera. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So, uh, and Alex, uh, myself, and uh, James had Dillashaw. Sandu had Cody. Um, Cody did get the rematch but lost. 
uh, featherweight. Uh, James had uh, Holloway, and he predicted that he would beat Frankie and Ortega and then move up to lightweight, which is pretty good because he might move up to lightweight. He was scheduled to fight Frankie, and he did beat Ortega, so not, not bad. Uh, Alex had Frankie Edgar. He's a fanboy for Frankie Edgar, and everybody else had Holloway. Uh, lightweight, uh, three for Tony, or four for Tony Ferguson, and Sandu, the lone person that picked Khabib. So he's, uh, he's on the board. Uh, welterweight, three for RDA. Myself, Danny, and Sandu all thought RDA. And uh, Alex and James had Woodley, so they, they, uh, they were there. And uh, Sandu said he, uh, he, wa- he didn't think that Till was going to get a shot in 2018. And Danny said, I would love to see Till get a title shot, but doesn't think he will. So both of you didn't think he would get a title shot, and he ended up getting one, shockingly enough. Uh, at middleweight, Danny had Rockhold, uh, three for Whitaker, and I had Gastelum, who's going to be facing Whitaker. So, you know, it's pretty pretty accurate. Um, and you had Rockhold, who was scheduled to face Whitaker. At the, Which I still wish we'd gotten to see that fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and now Rockhold like, says he's moving up to, one, to 205 definitively. Uh, we'll see. Well, I'll believe that when I see it. Uh, light heavyweight. Uh, Danny had Gustafson. I had Gustafson. Uh, Alex had Jones by some sort of uh, some sort of loophole that he would get <laughs> somehow not suspended at this time of the I wasn't year. Far off. Sandu had Cormier, and uh, James had Volcan. So uh, either Danny, myself, or Alex will be right at the end of the year, and Sandu's currently right. Uh, heavyweight. James had Stipe. Everybody else had Naganu. Uh, James thought Stipe was being overlooked against Naganu. He was correct. Yeah. Um, and then for hot takes. James's one-star hot take. Why don't we, you know, we'll recap hot takes when we get to hot takes. So let's go. Who, who do you think is going to be your champion at this time of year at strawweight? Um, Danny. Oh, sorry. Not, yeah, right this now, time next year. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think Jessica Andrade. Um, I, I do think that she beat. I, I think that just her, her growth since that, that last title fight has been incredible. And I think uh, like Rose, who I, I think is absolutely a top one or two fighter, I, I just think that you know they can beat each other. And uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Rose, but let's give Andrade some credit. Right. I, I think she's ready. Head count, who has Andrade? I got Andrade, too. Okay, yeah. so do I. So why don't we hear who Alex and Sandu have uh, selected? Yeah. I think I think what Danny said about Andrade is bang on. It's like Andrade has been buzzing through the strawweight division, uh, and I just don't think it's a great matchup for Rose. I always thought that Rose was a terrible matchup for Ioana, um, and that proved to be the case. And I actually think if Andrade wins and Ioana gets another shot, that's her path to a championship, because I think Ioana's a really bad matchup for Andrade based on the volume. Uh, so, uh, Alex? I, I am so, so tempted to say Suarez. If we're saying by the end of the year, it, it just really feels like she's on her way, but I, I just wonder, maybe she doesn't get the title shot yet. I'm not sure what could stop her, it just I feel like something funny will happen where she won't get it. Maybe it'll be injuries. Maybe it'll be just some some screwy matchmaking. So I'm gonna stick with Namjunas. I think she can win the Andrade fight. I don't know who she fights after, that, but I, I will support her. And she also might retire. This, she may retire. I don't know this what's going on with her. It yeah. seems like she like is more interested in just having tranquility and peace in her life than the chaos yeah. of fighting. Very difficult to predict. So in that situation, I will I go I will go status quo and say Namjunas will, will maybe defend maybe once or twice in uh, 2019 and, and be the champion by the end of the year. All right, Santu. If we're going to go right towards the end of 2019, I'm going to go with Suarez. Um, I think you might just have enough time um, to get another fight in um, while Rose defends perhaps against Andrade. Um, maybe they'll match up Suarez with Nina Ansarov, or maybe Suarez you know, um, welcomes Joanna Janczyk back to the division. Um, but I just can't see her being beaten. She's just so big and strong and powerful for the weight class and she's been looking great in her performances and I think she looks better every time she performs and uh, I think if you give her 12 more months she could be wearing that strap by the end of 2019. I've got a great story in in regards to uh, Suarez and Andrade. The the fight, the the card that they fought on was what, 228 was in Dallas? Dallas, So so I'm backstage doing interviews or whatever and Suarez has just destroyed Carla Esparza. Mm -hmm. Like a a dummy surf for for three rounds. 
She's walking to the back after winning the fight, and Andraj walks by her, and they lock eyes and mm-hmm. stare at each other for like maybe one or two seconds. It, was, it was, wasn't like a very prolonged stare, but it was enough to know that there was a message being sent where Andraj looked at her and was like, okay, I, I see your, your dominance, and I raise you what I'm about to do. Oh, man. <laughs> where she absolutely butchered Karolina Kovalkiewicz and stopped her in the first round. So that was kind of that, – that might be kind of a prediction of those two potentially – uh, going after each other where it's like the elite striker versus the elite wrestler, and I think that would be a great fight. Um, hopefully we get to see that in 2019. Uh, women's flyweight, anybody not think Shevchenko is going to be the champion next year? I think they could. she could headline every card and just, <laughs> just blast Cruise. through everyone. Yeah. I, she's, uh, yeah. I don't think there's anybody that's even close to her in the division. Joanna, I thought, was going to be the only person that would be able to give her a fight, and she, she beat Joanna handily. She's head and shoulders. The best of those. I do like her opponents, though. That Jessica, I think Jessica I is the logical next fighter. Jessica I can talk a bit. I don't know if she's the most eloquent speaker, but she certainly puts. <laughs> she's in funny. The, she's, she can be <laughs> she's funny. She, she can certainly put in the effort to sell a fight. And I also think waiting the wings, uh, Karmouche. I think Karmouche down the road, if she wins one, uh, Shevchenko's. I, I think Karmouche has beaten Shevchenko. That's right. Her, I, I think her only loss. I want to say her only loss at one twenty-five. I think yeah, they're bottom so. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was, I mean, it's a lifetime ago, but still, yeah. there's always that storyline you can sell. And, uh, yeah, and, and I think if Carmouche wins yeah, one, like one, one, one away, right? Sure. It's easy, easy to do. Yeah. Uh, women's bantamweight, anybody think Nunes will not be the champion next year? I definitely don't think it's apparent number one contender, Jermaine Durand to me. Well, I think um, Kevin Vieira is the number one contender, mm-hmm. but the problem is she was injured this year and we, she's been basically erased from people's memory. Like I say, Kevin yeah. Vieira, I bet you I'd get blank stares from some people, I think, even those that follow the, the sport. This one's a little bit hard. I do think, I mean, I have all the respect in the world for Nunez, but depending, I mean, I don't imagine that she's fighting in the first four or five months of, of 2018, not, yeah. so she probably only has realistically one fight next one, year. One, maybe two at the end of the year. Yeah. Maybe two. And so it depends on if she wins featherweight, too. You might have a rematch, right? Like, yeah. You just never know. Mm-hmm. So it's a little hard to pick like against her, but I mean, I, I hear you. Ketlin Vieira is amazing. Um, there's, there's some interesting prospects. She's beaten Durandame already as well, so okay. yeah. I, I would imagine yeah. Ketlin Vieira has probably won one more win and she'll get a title shot, given that right now Nunes is tied up. There's just there's people who I do think are on the come up here. I mean, like Aspen Ladd, someone I'm, I'm going to want to watch every time. I just don't think that they're she quite the weight. there. Yeah, they're just not quite there, so it's hard to pick against Nunez, but yeah. Yep. I always feel like if Kat Zingana can just put a few more things together. But she's fighting at featherweight now. That's true, she is, isn't so, she? Yeah, she's fighting Megan at, at featherweight, so if she beats Megan, then she's next yeah. in line for 145. Out, yeah. yeah, so it's it's right now the higher weight classes of the women's um, divisions in the UFC are not yielding great returns. There's yeah, just the not, a, not a lot right now, there. You have dominant champions at 135, yeah. 145. That could be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, uh, Danny mentioned Holly Holm earlier. That's another contender. Yeah, you know? she hasn't she's fought Nunez One yet, of the but... few fighters actually could, I think, beat Nunez just because she, she could put a game plan together to... Maybe stick and move and win a decision, but maybe. Uh, that's like if you're trying to put together like International Fight Week, like that's a decent co-main. Yeah, it they're is. both names that yeah. people sort of know, yeah. like something like that. Kind of both makes beat sense, Ronda. Yeah, it's they hard to go against that. Uh, that. holding that title though. I just he's so dominant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, featherweight. Does anybody think it's not going to be Cyborg? Because I personally think Nunes is going to win that fight. Oh, there you but, go. But my answer is that the division will be dissolved at this time next year. Like if Cyborg loses, Cyborg has one fight left after that. Like, I, what's the point of keeping that division going unless you are going to bring in a Kayla Harrison? But uh, just keep it for title fights. You sell pay per views with. That's all it's for. That, that is all it's for. Yeah. Um, I actually thought Macy Chason, who was on Tough, is, is yeah. solid. She looks like, good. Oh she looks really good. Jeez, she's, she's good on the show. Sure. She looks good. Really good. On, yeah. yeah, and she cuts to make one forty-five. She's huge. So uh, you know that's interesting. But I just there's just no depth in the division. And if Cyborg leaves, which I think she might after this contract is done, she might go do boxing or something else. Especially if she beats Nunez, not really much of a challenge left for her. Uh, I, that, feel, I feel like this isn't the only defunct. 
title that we might be. Yeah, well, that would be that would be the next one. But, <laughs> but does everybody th- does anybody think Nunez will be the champion or will yeah. will beat uh, Cyborg? I'm I'm on the Nunez train. Yeah, I know so it sounds I. crazy. There's, there's a lot of lot of I don't want to make the Cyborg stands angry, but yes, <laughs> there think, are, they do get angry. I think Nunez <laughs> is her best opponent by far, and yep. I think Nunez can beat her. Mm-hmm. I'm on the same page. I just I just don't think the Cyborg has fought a level of competition of where Nunez is at right now in years. Um, and even in the gym, like, it's not an actual fight. She and she trains with killers. Holly Holmes elite, though, and she did is beat she? Holly Holmes. Yes, she is. Holly Holmes elite. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I don't want to argue with it. You're right. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, know what you're saying. I, just, I don't think that, like, she hasn't beaten anybody. Like, she's definitely beaten. That was a good Holmes one. is by far mm-hmm. the best opponent yeah, she's fought in the last one. 10 yeah. years. And she, like, handily beat her. Mm-hmm. But there's also a size difference, whereas I think Nunez is more of a natural featherweight. She's fought at featherweight before. She looked huge backstage in Toronto when she was with Ansarov. Like, she is putting on mass. Oh, she fight. looks gigantic. She looks big. <laughs> this isn't yeah. Cyborg's last final contract, is it? Is this she's got one more after She's got one more after yeah. right. So yeah. if you're thinking about who will be the featherweight champion this time next year, I think that if Nunes beats Cyborg, you have to do the immediate rematch the first time Cyborg I think lost so. under the UFC. So yeah. I think... With one fight left, Cyborg sure. got Cyborg sh- will want, want it back for sure, knowing well, her. This is the thing, right? So if Cyborg's got two shots at Nunes... I, I like to think that in a, at least in the rematch, at the very least, she'd win. Mm-hmm. Maybe then by mm-hmm. in this category, give her the title this time next year. Um, but I'm in, I'm on the uh, cyborg train. Um, I think she'll um, she'll do well and uh, beat Nunez next week. All right, uh, men's flyweight division. I actually think that the division might might stick around. We'll see. But uh, that was one of my hot if, takes. To yeah. Be clear. Hey, same with me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, who do you think will be? The, if it does stick around, who do you think will be the champion this time next I year? I think Dillashaw. To be perfectly honest, I I. I don't know if he wants to fight more than once, mm-hmm. so that's like the caveat. But I, I do think he's going to beat Zahudo. Um And yeah, I mean, if he's willing to keep fighting there, um, I think he's the champion. I think TJ Dillashaw is possibly the most underrated fighter in, in the entire UFC. I personally think he's basically undefeated. Um, I, I I think he probably beat Dominic Cruz in that fight, mm-hmm. but not everyone agrees with me, and that's fine. It was a close fight, but um, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think Zahudo. I, I don't think that fight goes the distance. Right, should should the division remain? I agree with everything Danny said, except that I, I don't... Well, one, I, I, I'm not with you guys. I don't think the division's going to stick around. I, I can't even say that boldly. And also, I don't think... Even if he, if it does, I don't think... I think he's leaving. I think he's going to win the title and, I guess, vacate. I don't think he wants to stay at 125. He doesn't have to, especially if there's no other big yeah. matchups there. So at some point, I'm going to say uh, Figueredo, Davison Figueredo, vacant title win. I'm not even sure who he'd fight. Um, but, uh, yeah, not, not, not the sexiest answer, but he's a great fighter. He's on, he's on a heck of a streak, and I think he'll be the, he'll be the uh, who, you know, who is this guy? Maybe people don't know who he is, but he'll be a UFC champion by the end of the year. I don't think the division's going to stick around, but if it does, um, I think that Cejudo will still be the champion this time next year. Um, and a main reason for that is I think, um, my kind of one of my big bold predictions for next year is I don't think Dillashaw's going to make the weight. I just can't see it happening. He looks bad when he comes to 135. I know. And I think we're going to have another Whitaker-Romero situation here where he'll get close. The fight will still proceed, but it won't count as a title defense for Cejudo. <laughs> and then the uh, division will disappear for sure. For the record, this, well, fight, this fight is on ESPN. You may want to, You mean he's definitely going to make the way and everyone should tune in. I'm not the promoter. I'm just keeping, <laughs> it, I'm just keeping it real, right? Um, I just uh, The minute Dillashaw announced that he was going to drop down, uh, from day one, I've always kind of um, thought to myself, I just can't see him make, making the weight. I just don't know how he's going to get another 10 pounds off his body um, the way it is. So with that reasoning, I think Cejudo is still going to be the champion um, this time next year, if, of course, the division is still around. They won't shut it down if Cejudo keeps they the might. Oh, Yeah, they might. They've been cutting people left and right. 
Look at the there, was some, though, there was like, somebody in the rankings that somebody yeah. had at 15th that has never fight in the UFC or is even signed to the UFC from what I from what I gather. I don't I've never heard of this guy. Maybe he did sign and he just got added to the rankings pool, but I'll have to show you guys after the show. I was I saw his name and I was like I don't know who this is. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he's not in the UFC. I looked I looked up whether he'd signed the contract. If Sahuda beats Dillashaw, they may say to the UFC may say to um, to Sahuda, "Hey, okay, now you've beaten him in your weight class." Yeah, now you get to move Go up. Go to 135. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Raphael Santos never yeah. get a title shot. Same with Marais, yeah. Oh, and Marais. I would say just do the right thing and give Benavidez the title shot that he's deserved, even you know if he's had a well, loss or two. Just do run that fight back. Yeah, there's, there's my pick. There's my pick. Joseph Benavidez. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm with you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, second best flyweight in the world for like, what, seven years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at that. You were at that fight with me, Aaron, uh, UFC 152 in Toronto. Yeah. Split decision. That was the closest fight Demetrius had until, obviously, the Cejudo fight, the last one. And the Dodson um, fight was somewhat close, but yeah, yeah this pretty, was closer, yeah. It was competitive. And the McCall fight before that, but yeah. I'm with you guys. I, I think Dillashaw probably wins that fight, and then... Uh, I, I do see the division sticking around, though. I, I think it's more of a just a DJ thing, and also... I don't think like the guys they cut are great fighters. Like a lot of the guys are have losing records in the UFC. Well, Brandon of, Moreno, I think, is a very was good he cut? Player. I didn't yeah. see he was cut. Yeah, okay. well, he's not yeah. in the rankings I didn't anymore. See that one. Yeah. Okay, well that's that's too bad. He's a talented guy, but uh, yeah, I think Benavidez versus Figue- Figueredo in a vacant that, title fight. It's, it's oh for a vacant actually title he's going to yeah. be fighting, he's fighting Dust, Ortiz. He's fighting yeah. Dust Ortiz now. Uh, yeah. I think he wins that fight. He already beat him. I don't really understand yeah. why they made that matchup. Uh, but they needed, uh, they needed a matchup for him. I guess Figueredo can't fight on that card right, anymore. I, I, yeah, that must be it. But yeah, I think Benavidez finally gets his hands on that title, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that, I think Benavidez is a bad matchup for Cejudo. I think if Cejudo yeah. drops the title, I don't think TJ's sticking around. I don't think he wants to. I think he's just a, it's a more competitive division at bantamweight. Um, and if for whatever reason they keep the division going, which I personally am not confident of, uh, that I think Benavidez is just a bad matchup for uh, for Cejudo. Um, and Figueredo is definitely on the rise. And if, if you have him versus Figueredo, I mean, the, I think there's a shot that Figueredo wins that fight. But yeah. who knows? Uh, I think Benavidez is kind of perpetually underrated. And I think that that loss to Pettis was kind of a fight that could have gone either way. He's coming uh, off and, like and such he was a coming long off of, layoff. An ACL, and, right? Yeah. And he looked fantastic against Alex Perez, who, who absolutely destroyed Shorty Torres just yep. months prior. Uh, bantamweight, does everybody think it's going to be Dillashaw? Yes. Yeah, I think I think he's like the... I think honestly he's like top five pound for pound, and just he talks about it. He's very confident. I think most analysts will agree, but it just that just doesn't seem to be how the fans view him. Maybe it's because of of um, and that inactivity. How many times he fight this year? Once, once. So maybe it's somewhat relative Cody. inactivity. He's not the most electrifying personality either. The snake thing. Once he got the snake gimmick, that helps. Mm-hmm. You know, he should yep. give Conor McGregor credit for that. That really gave him a boost. But outside of that, he's a little bit of a, a blank slate as far as who he is. He's just a really, really great fighter, and and I mean, to a lot of us, that's enough. But to an even you know larger portion of the fans, it's it, it's kind of it's kind of there. And, but he should retain. And a mm-hmm. big like yes, I, I but I want to see Marlon Moraes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think Marlon's the one guy the that can guy. give him a yeah. a, a tough fight. He's got and, knockout power. He yeah. does, and he's got a good chin. Yeah, you know, I think we do have to give Sunsell some credit. He does have a win over TJ. He always gets forgotten about. Yeah, but TJ has beaten him since. Yes, he, mm-hmm. and he destroyed him. That's that's the reason. But I think mm-hmm. yeah, Moraes would be the one guy because he does have legitimate knockout power. We saw what he did to. Uh, was it Jimmy Rivera and then mm-hmm. Aljamain Sterling well, as well? Well, it seems get cracked. He got cracked against Cody in the Ooh, first TJ? fight. He yeah. got knocked up by John Dodson. Yeah. Yeah, his <laughs> yeah. debut. It was a long so, time ago. Yeah. yeah, it was a long time ago. And, like, I do think, like, if I was asked to pick, I would still pick Dillashaw. I'm just saying I think it's awesome. Yeah. That's, like, just yeah. one of those fights. I would like, love that's to see. That's a fight I want to see. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to see that. Yeah. I'll be honest. Matchups. Yeah. I had no idea that Marais and Nassim Sau were 
fucked a fight, apparently. Yeah, five-round fight. I yeah. guess that's the title list. That's why it's five rounds. So, by the way, if, if Holloway stays, I'm, I'm guessing we're all sticking with Holloway, but what happens if Holloway... No, I, I have a different picture. Because okay. I think he's good. I think Dana's going to make him move up. Well, hold on. So what I'm saying Sorry. is if he stays, yes. I think a lot of us are probably going to say that he will stay the champion. But if he goes up to lightweight, I, I'd be interested to hear what everybody's answers are. Yeah. Well, sure. I, I, I like Renato Macano. You know, I, I think that fight with Aldo is going to be great. And I think he's, he, I think it's a good chance to win that fight. And if he wins that fight, it'd be hard to, you know, not give him a, not only a title fight, but a vacant title fight if Max moves off. So I like Macano, man. I, I just see the improvements from this guy every single fight. And I, I think he's, if Max moves up, Macano's the guy that's going to take the belt. Does, does Frankie Edgar still fight at 145? He sure does. Well, uh, let me tell you something. If uh, <laughs> you book him and Moicano in a, uh, in a vi- for the vacant title, I'm just saying, uh, 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 objectively speaking, I think Edgar can pull it out. That's, that's, mm-hmm. Not right. <laughs> yeah, he could probably might be No bias. To. No bias. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah I, there's no path for Aldo to do it if the title's yeah, maybe. vacated, right? He could. If Aldo beats Moicano and the title gets vacated, he could definitely be in He's got to be in spectacular because I'm not sure the UFC wants to go down no, that road. No, I don't road, think so. I think he's said but... he has three fights left and then he's out. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, he is my bold pick. I mean, if Holloway um, moves up, um, I'm picking Aldo to beat Moicano. And the only two fighters to have been Aldo um, at Featherweight, uh, in, especially in the UFC, is uh, Holloway and McGregor. And so outside of that, he's been a pretty dominant Featherweight. <laughs> um, so it, I could see him beating Frankie. I could see him beating um, or, you know, Ortega. I mean, I, I think is Aldo's only 33. Um, it feels like he's a lot older than what he actually is. And even if he has got, say, three fights left on his UFC contract, I just think he's one of those marquee fighters that the UFC would want to rene- renegotiate with and keep him around, um, especially for that Brazilian market. Um, and, uh, and, and there's always money to be made with, uh, with Aldo, especially if you look at rematches. If he was to ever move to lightweight down the road, you could do the McGregor fight. You can do, um, you know, you can do another fight with Holloway, but obviously that's you know, pretty much not going to go in his way because well, I think Holloway's got his numbers. Here's, but, here's my dark horse pick, and this wouldn't happen if your scenario plays out, Alex, but as a beat, I think. Huh, if, yeah. if, he beats, mm-hmm. if he beats Stevens in March, which I, I think he will, mm-hmm. he'll be the sixth-ranked guy. Um, I mean, I, I know Mendez would be a tough matchup for really anybody, but if Zabit gets that win and another win, he'll be in title position by the end of the year. Probably 14 straight wins, 6-0 in the UFC. Yeah. He, yeah. What out. about Volkanovski? He's got I was going to say, yeah. so I love that guy. But I think Zabit beats almost anybody at the top of this division. Like, I think if you put Zabit against Moicano tomorrow, then Zabit would be favored. Really? I do. He hasn't beaten anyone. I'm not though. there like, yet. That's he beat Kyle Bokniak and he struggled. Uh, but again, injured again but, the, but remember, you know this more than anybody, yes. the line is moved by public. Absolutely. And I think that absolutely. the public would move the beat to a favorite even if Moicano opened as a minus 175 favorite right. or something like that. Right. I just think Moicano is so proven, right? But, you know, we do have to mention that fight with Mendez and Volkanovski next week. But Don't who, forget about Chad who, Mendez. Who's Moicano yeah. beaten, though? Uh, he well, like he had that really close fight with Ortega. Yeah, and then he, he lost. He was, with, he like, was winning those left. first two. He was yes. winning those first two rounds. He beat Jeremy Stevens. Yeah. And who was his last fight against? Uh, he won his last. Maybe Cobb. Cobb was his yeah. last. Uh, and Calvin Cater too. We, I think is a really good yeah, fighter. Yeah, Calvin Cater. So I think this guy's good. legit. But you know what, uh, Aaron? You're right. Like, he still has a lot to prove as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So did, did everybody get the answer there? Is anybody yeah. else okay? So well, let's move on to lightweight. Um, I'm guessing everybody's gonna answer is gonna be either Khabib or Ferguson. So let's get a head count. Who thinks Khabib will be the champion at this time next year? So we got two for Khabib and you're Ferguson. You guys are Ferguson. I'm on Team Ferguson as well. I just think if they meet, that Ferguson's gonna win that fight. Um, I just think something crazy is gonna happen. They're gonna book and he's gonna trip on a TV wire <laughs> or something again. And well, that, I, that, 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 that can only happen. You're gonna be interviewing once, him. He's gonna get injured during your interview. Yeah, with him. Hit him with the mic. <laughs> I, can't, and I can't talk myself into Dustin Poirier necessarily beating either of those guys, but I also don't rule him out yeah. beating either either of those guys. I think yeah. Dustin Poirier has put together a hell of a run here. Uh, 
And I am interested. I just to see what he has yeah, to he's say. He's kind of like the him. last man standing of that trio of Gaethje and Alvarez and him. Yeah. Kind of like the, the three violent guys. Let's see who, who emerges heard, from yeah. them. And yeah. he's been the guy. He's number three right now. Um, I don't think Connor fights this year, to be honest. I don't, know if he, takes, I don't know I, if he fights again. Same. But uh, let's, uh, let's move over to uh, welterweight, where uh, Woodley is currently the champion. Uh, anybody have Woodley being dethroned at some point this year? Yeah, I, I got I got Usman beating him. I think mm-hmm. uh, he's going to probably beat Colby, and I think Usman beats him. I think Usman's a bad matchup for Woodley. Uh, I think he matches him in the wrestling, and as far as striking goes, look what he just did in his last fight. I, his pressure was unbelievable in that fight. I think he's really turned the corner. That 30% comment, I think, lit a fire under him. You know, he's a different guy now. Amazing performance. I think he's going to beat Woodley, and, well, I'll, talk, I'll save for one of my hot takes for Woodley later. But, All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Usman beats him the second time they fight, but okay. I think it's in two years. I think, like, you know, all these guys, they oh, have to have Woodley's that Woodley's 36, moment. isn't he? Yeah. I think that's what I'm saying. Maybe yeah. Stevie is yeah, maybe. Beat him. Yeah. That'll be the time. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually the opposite of Adam. I think that Woodley's a terrible matchup for both Colby and Usman because mm-hmm. those guys are like death by a thousand paper cut strikers where it's all volume, whereas Woodley just lands that one shot and takes you down and you're in big trouble um, because Woodley's got devastating top control and he's going to be bigger than both of those guys. And uh, I just think that, I think that those are, even, even Tyron himself has been saying this, like those guys are going to try to grapple with me because they know that I can knock them out on the feet. And I think that that's how it's going to go. I think that... The only way that Usman or Colby is able to beat uh, Tyron is that the the wrestling neutralizes. Tyron doesn't throw a lot of volume, manages not to catch them, and he gets outstruck by like a three to one margin, which could happen with either of those guys. Yeah. Can I ask? I don't think that he's going to beat Tyron Woodley, but I, I think it's one of the most interesting matchmaking things in the entire UFC. Who do you match Ponzinibbio up with next? Tough to say. You know, there's so many guys at welterweight. Like, I would have matched him with Lawler. <laughs> like, Lawler would have been great. Lawler would have been my call. But Steven, 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 what about Stephen Thompson? Yeah, yeah, yeah Wonderboy. He's kind of like the last he's man available, standing. right? Yeah. 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 Leon um, Edwards, that's a little low wattage, though. He probably wouldn't want that. No. I think he wants a top. I think he wants a guy. I mean, maybe like, you headlined at 02 with, like, Edwards and Ponzinibbio. That's a good fight. Play up there, Argentina. Yeah, I'll be wanting to see Darren Till and Leon Edwards in London. You want to see that one? That's your fight? If if Till is in, in, in is insistent on staying at London. I think he wants to move up. He recently said he wants to move to 185. Well, he's also said that he wants to stay at 170 as well. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he sends those messages out fairly you know, frequently to the media outlets out there, yeah. Right. All right, so uh, we, everybody's good. We've we've solved that riddle. So, uh, so, so are you? Mine, are, oh, think, okay. Well, but basically, I'm I'm staying with with, with Woodley on this one. Okay. I just don't um, see anybody. I can't pick against the most dominant welterweight since George Saint Pierre. Mm-hmm. I just can't. So right. the four of us are on. Think Woodley will be in, in your with Usman, which I don't go. think is a bad answer. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. Usman has been an absolute stud since he stepped foot in the octagon. Even on the Ultimate Fighter, I, I can't remember if you had watched this season. I remember Black Sillian's one. Black Sillian's Yeah, did you watch that season? Uh, a little bit of it. So right? I, I remember yeah. the day after, or the week after Usman had won. Faraz Zahabi was here with with Rory McDonald doing making the rounds, and I said to him, "I go, you got to check out this guy Usman. He reminds me of GSP. His MMA wrestling is phenomenal. Very, very good striker." And he was like, "Okay, I'll check it out." And and since then, he's just been on a tear. Yeah. So uh, it's one of the very few prospects I was able to identify as being uh, somewhat good. <laughs> uh, hopefully, it's a beat I'm right on. Also, uh, middleweights. Um, who who believes Robert Whitaker will still be the champion at this time next year? Anybody? No crickets. I don't like not believe he'll be the champion. I just think like I look at this. It's just such a, every one of these guys is a killer. Bro. Like Paulo Costa just terrifies me. Like maybe think, the scariest <laughs> man in MMA. I, yeah. I think he's a class above Costa. I I was really convinced by Adesanya. This I was kind of I think mm-hmm. Dan you said you were a doubter. I was a doubter as well. I'm like I don't know. Well, here's the thing with Adesanya. Adesanya 
versus Rockhold or Romero is a night, or even Jacare is a, is a nightmare matchup for him. Yes. But against guys like Whitaker and Gastelum that are striking based fighters, like Adesanya matches up very well with both of those guys, I for think. For sure. Yeah, and I think my, the Gastelum. Pick. I like Adesanya yeah. in the title by this time mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, me too. Guy's phenomenal, and he's getting better every fight. Uh, I think the Whitaker and Gastelum fight is going to be another war. And Ga- Whitaker keeps getting in these crazy slugfests. He's a young guy. I think he's 28, 29, but at some point, all that damage is going to add up. He's only fighting I think he's like, even younger than that. Yeah, he's only I fighting once a year now, though, Aaron. You know, he's, yeah. he's taking a lot of damage in these fights. Mm-hmm. That's a really close fight. You can actually see Gostam winning that fight, potentially. It's a really close one. I think Adesanya gets through Silva no problem. Spectacular. He's probably going to knock him out in spectacular fashion. Oh. Then you give him that. You don't think so? That's, no, that's a bummer. Oh, yeah. I, I just know, visualized I know, it. That's I, know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm, not, I'm like the one guy don't that thinks that Silva has a shot in that fight. I think he has a shot. He has a shot of getting. Like, well, he's just going to make it boring and just yeah. kind of mm-hmm. yeah. And for me, like, I can't, with that with that Whitaker-Gaslam uh, fight, like, I just go back to the Gaslam-Weidman fight. And I'm like, just let Gaslam, he's too small yeah. to fight the oh, bigger yeah. guys in that division. Bring that 175 like, pound to me. Yeah. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I, I actually think Gaslam is perfect for 185. If you watch what he did to Tim Kennedy, he absolutely brutalized him. And awesome. I think that yeah. Gaslam is actually much better. I know that he looked bad against Weidman because Weidman was just so much bigger than him. But I think that Gaslam... It is matches up really well with Whitaker because I think he's a better wrestler and I think that the striking will kind of be close. Like I think Whitaker might be a little bit better, but Gastelum is a really, really good striker. And like you mentioned with Whitaker, he's taking way more damage than a guy yeah. like Gastelum has. Like Gastelum, I, I'm not sure if he's been finished before, um, aside Why from by submission. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think he's been knocked out before. Uh, I might be wrong on that, but I, no, I think that no. I think that Gastelum like has a, a granite chin. He's yeah. never really been cracked. Um, the only time he he looked bad in the striking was against Woodley when he had to, when he was overweight and like just looked terrible. He's in that like fight. the hospital the day before. Yeah, or something. exactly. <laughs> if I should never. Yeah, I should so Aaron, you're saying Gaslam then? I think Gaslam. Yeah, that's a good pick. Next year I think Gaslam. The... Yeah, will be the champion next year. I think he can beat Adesanya. So he's got to be Adesanya up. and yeah. Whitaker. Then. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why he's that's the host. Nice. See, that's why he's yeah. the host. He makes the, he makes the big calls. The bold predictions. I said Gaslam last year too. I've I've been on Gaslam's bandwagon for a while. Yeah, he's great. All right, are we good? We're clear with middleweights. I mean, I'm picking Adesanya. You've got Adesanya. Yeah, I mean, I just think that he's. Fighting an aging uh, Adamson Silva, and I think that when the UFC 234 um, kind of fight week commences, um, a lot of kind of interviews will be focused around him and obviously Robert Whitaker. I mean, that stadium or arena sold oh, out. If they do that in so Australia, it'd be unbelievable. And that's that's yeah. why I think you know I think the problem is they wouldn't be able to do that until 2020 if they want to hold them in Australia, uh, unless they unless they do a second pay-per-view in Australia. But well, listen, we're forgetting the fact that he someone could get injured. He's the official backup for that fight, too. He We've seen in. the UFC call audibles in the past. I mean, earlier this year, um, the only UK event we had was London, and all of a sudden, Darren Till became a big thing, and then we had a Liverpool show for him, right? Mm-hmm. So they can always... But that's of, not a pay-per-view. Like, if it's a title fight between Adesanya and Whitaker, okay, like, let's you've got to go, make a pay-per-view. Let's go a year further back, then. There was there was no pay-per-view on those cards for Manchester. Uh, all of a sudden, Bisping became champion. Oh, that's true. Right? So, But but uh, on the flip side of that, you'd have to have a second Australian pay-per-view this year, which really is... They would never commit to that, really. Yeah, listen, I'm not but saying you're it's right. They might be, call an audible. Yeah, I mean, you know. you're talking about a stadium. You're talking about a ton of fans. I mean, look at... If you did it at the same place where, where Holm and Rousey were, and you filled that place up... Whoa. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a big gate. Exactly. I, I, was, I was also officially uh, Adesanya as well. I, 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 was, okay. I, was late on the, I was late on the Adesanya coming up bandwagon. I don't want to be late on the Adesanya champion bandwagon. And did you have Adesanya too? Um, I think I sort of had Paolo Costa. Oh, okay. Sort of. I will say that like, I agree with all of what Sandu said. It would be crazy. If Adesanya is the star that they think he is, they, they're putting him in Vegas. 
They're just going to put him in front of the American audience because yeah. he's something that they don't hey, Even New York, if they do another card there, he's already fought there, right? He could mm-hmm. be potentially a headliner. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. Uh, light, special. light heavyweight. We're running a little bit low on time. So I'm going to go with John Jones. Anybody going off the board? I was going to guess. Nope. You think Gustin's is going to beat Jones? I'm going I'm yep. to be right this year about him ending the year as a champion. I'm going to be right again next year. Sorry, <laughs> Fair Dave, what are you saying about Gustin? Uh, I, I, I think John Jones hasn't fought in a really long time. Gustafson hasn't fought in longer. I know, but <laughs> I'm trying to be different here. I'm just trying to be different. Look, but, but, I, you know what? I was talking about this on the previous show, that he's overlooking Gustafson. Gustafson is an elite fighter. He's never fought anybody that has the same frame as him other than Gustafson who gave him nightmares. And if he's going to look past Gustafson, and you also, when you think about cage rust, people, some people think it is a thing, some people think it's not a thing. With Jones against OSP, he looked terrible, oh, man. terrible thing, in that man. fight. Yeah. So if he looks, if he has that little pressure against a guy like Gustafson, that, that could be a long night for Jones. And uh, I, I don't think that it's uh, a shot. Like, if you look at even the odds, I think it's minus 250 for Jones. Like, it's not a foregone conclusion that he wins that fight. Yeah. I think he should be the favorite, but I think anyone saying that Gustafson, like, this is... Yeah, he's going to run four gun, Like I, yeah. I just think that's ridiculous. He, he played down to OSP's level. I think. I don't think he'll do that uh, next week. I hope not. That fight was so bad. But the first Jones Goss fight, you know, you we yeah. were there together. Uh, yeah. and we watched that one. I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to say Anthony Smith because I'll say this right now: Jones will win the title next week against Gus. Close decision, but I think he's going to take it, and then he's going to drop the title, fight DC at heavyweight, and you're going to have another vacant title. You're going to have Anthony Smith versus maybe Gustafson, and I think Smith can do it. So I'll, I'll go off the board and take a. Take the underdog there, Anthony Smith. The reason I disagree with that is I think that if Jones wins next week and he goes to heavyweight, there's no way the UFC is going to let a marketable pay-per-view headlining um, champion like uh, Jones just drop the title. I think they'll let things play out mm. at heavyweight. I'm with you. And regardless of what the outcome there is, if they need him to come back to light heavyweight, they can bring him back as a returning champion versus being stripped and then just vacating it versus... Anthony Smith and Gustafsson and anybody else. All right, well, here's the interesting one. we got heavyweight where Cormier says he wants to retire in March when he turns 40. Um, so uh, who does everybody think is going to be champion at this time next year? Because it probably should be somebody different. But it's impossible because we don't know, like, is Brock Lesnar really coming <laughs> back? Are they giving that? Like, I mean, realistically, Stipe should get the next title shot, but I don't think Cormier is fighting Stipe again. I no, think but Cormier would retire. It would be Stipe versus blank. Yeah, but I think we're getting one more Cormier fight no matter what at heavyweight, whether that's John Jones or Brock Lesnar. And then from there, I mean, I, I don't know how it plays out. I look, Stipe should be the one who gets the next title shot, and that's that's all I can. I don't have I, anything more. No, I think I, I don't think know. Stipe will be the champion again by the end of. We're we're ending the segment on such a downer. Nothing against Stipe, but just as far as we're kind of we're going to return where we were, you know, earlier this year, and and Stipe is a champ, and good for him. He's a great fighter, but uh, it's like you know, almost what was all this for? What was everything that happened this year for? As, as exciting as it was, but yeah, I'm going to say Stipe Miocic as well. Yeah. I'm picking John Jones, and I think if. Things go like I think they might, and John Jones beats Gustafsson, um, fights DC at heavyweight. I just think he's got DC's number no matter what weight class they fight in. For the first time in a, maybe a very, very long time, if ever, the UFC is going to have a champion that can very comfortably fight at light heavyweight and heavyweight and be a true dual champion and take on contenders in both weight classes. Um, so I can see John Jones uh, finishing the year as, uh, at the very least, even if they were to take the light heavyweight title away from him, the heavyweight champion. Well, he did say he wants yeah. to be friends with Dana White, and that's a good way to do that. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I got John Jones too, you know, and I think 
he could fight DC and then potentially maybe fight you brought up Cain Velasquez versus Nagano. I I've been waiting to see that Jones versus Velasquez fight for years, Aaron. We've been talking about that years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see that fight next year. I hope that happens. I'm not convinced Kane even makes it to that fight with Nagano, but I think Jones versus uh, versus uh, Velasquez would be an amazing fight. If Bones jo- Brock, if, please. If, Bones Brock. Well, if Jones keep, if Jones gets the heavyweight <laughs> title and keeps it. The amount of amazing matchups are so good because. Crazy. But if, if he if he decides not to do it and Stipe is the champion, the amount of good matches are like zero. <laughs> so I think it's going to be Stipe at this time next year. I think he's head and shoulders the the best heavyweight outside of Cormier right now, um, and outside of Jones. If Jones does decide to go that route, but uh, I just think he's the the more likely scenario of being the heavyweight champion at the end of next year. And the thing is that light heavyweight is like outside of the Gustafsson um, fight. What is there really in terms of big, Jones, Mark nothing, Paul Jones nothing, fights? Exactly. Nothing. I mothing. I mean, obviously, I'd love to Dominic see Reyes. Smith get his shot. Dominic Reyes would be a fun fight. Like, is, is it if John Blakovich? You know, is it a Leila Tifi after a run? Oh, I mean, man. it's just... Corey Anderson. Exactly, the right? <laughs> the juicy fights are all at heavyweight yeah. for John Jones. All right, hot takes. Let's get through them. First, right. first we'll say, we'll uh, go through people's from last oh, year. Oh, we don't need to do this. We're short on time, Aaron. I don't <laughs> think we need to... <laughs> James, uh, Toronto gets snubbed for an event. Montreal gets it. That's wrong. GSP doesn't fight again. That's correct. Uh, Connor boxes again. That was his three-star suicide hot take. <laughs> That's uh, incorrect. Sandus UFC resigns with Fox. That's th- lucky for you. You got signed by ESPN, <laughs> and so did the UFC. That. Yeah, <laughs> two-star Jones gets uh, gets one years and fights it in summer or MSG or end of year card. Nailed that one. UFC go. holds first boxing event with the UFC champion on the card. Nope. Alex no champion defends more than twice. That was close. Did a champion defend more than twice? I don't think so. No, I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine. Sure you got that, right? Yeah, you might have gotten that yeah. one. Uh, one top-ranked fighter retires in prime unexpectedly. Uh, three-star Rousey will announce her return at the end of 2018. <laughs> Still, uh, time. Still, time. Still time. Still <laughs> time. Uh, da- Danny Colby gets wrecked versus Woodley, which could happen next year. Uh, two-star Calgary gets snubbed for an event that happened. That did not happen. Uh, Conor McGregor never fights again. He did fight this past year, but that might be a, uh, in your takes again for this year. Uh, for me, nobody from the UFC, the uh, tough flyweight women's season will be top five at the end of 2018. And I was so close. There's just one. I don't remember who it is. Uh, <laughs> some pay-per-view events uh, will be included in the next TV deal. I was wrong on that. And McGregor fights GSP or Woodley during international fight week. I was wrong on that one, too. Would have been nice. Um, oh, and I also have our fights that we were most looking forward to for uh, last year. And uh, only two of them happened. It was Till versus Thompson, which had already been booked. And Stipe versus Nagano, which had already been booked. Uh, and the other ones that were was Edgar versus Holloway, which was booked and didn't happen. Uh, McGregor versus GSP was Sandu's, and mine was McGregor versus Ferguson, and that didn't happen either. All right, so those were our takes from last year and our, and our fights uh, that we wanted to see. So let's go with our our takes this year. We got to breeze through them because Danny's got to be out of here in 15 minutes. So uh, why don't you go ahead? Uh, my my first take is, it's I don't actually think this is all that hot a take, but I think we're gonna have a better year next year than we did this year. I think we're gonna it, the, the numbers may be a little bit lower. Uh, just across the board, but I think we're in a rebuilding year where we're going to see these Adesanias. We talked about a lot of these guys for stepping into that star role. They're probably not ready to sell a million pay-per-views just yet, but I think it's going to be a little bit more stable. I think it's just going to go a little bit more smoothly, and that's the best thing for the mm-hmm. sport. And ESPN so, will help that, too. And ESPN is going to help that. But I, I think, I mean, God willing, we don't see another champion jump out of the cage and attack a, an opponent teammate, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But I, I really do. And the I, bus incident, of yeah, course. Yeah, there so. is a feeling that this next generation is just about ready. This next group yeah, of guys. Suarez and girls. And yeah. Sanya, yeah. And it's, it's exciting, and I just I think it's going to be a better year, even if the numbers don't reflect that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, going one, one, the one star ones first. Oh, do you want to do your, yeah, no, why don't you go ahead with your two and three? That's a good point. Um, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't think Connor fights again. Um, like I, in I, 2019 or ever? I think, when, I mean, unless it's Diaz. 
Let's just Diaz. I think I think Diaz or maybe GSP are the only two fights that make any sense for him. People are like, oh, he should fight Poirier or he should fight the uh, who who uh, who was it? Uh, well, no, who won this past weekend again? Uh, who beat Kevin Lee? Uh, oh, Ayakinta. They should fight Ayakinta. No, Connor's not coming back to fight these people. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Get it out of your head. It uh, makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. I don't. Why would you? I also don't think right now. I mean, I, I, this has been said a lot of times, but most fans, casual non MMA fans. Mostly seen him lose, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I, I actually don't think that he's the, quite the draw that yeah. Nate that is he the tune-up. Nate is the fight. It's a tune-up fight. It's a trilogy fight, and it's a fight it's, that sells. And a lot of people had fun with that second fight in particular. And if he loses, so, bye. Yeah. And I guess my third one is that I mean I'm, I'm going positive here weirdly, but I really think we're going to have a lot of fun with one championship. I think the way mm-hmm. it's shaping up is just mm-hmm. going to be a ton of fun. I showed. Um, did you see the poster today that they put out? No. I showed this to Sandu. So the poster has the names of all the people on the events, like Demetrius Johnson, Ong Sang, or whatever the guy's name is. Um, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez, yeah. and then like four other people. And the people on the poster are not Demetrius and Alvarez. <laughs> it's the other four people that are in one that are on the poster. That's hilarious. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what are but you doing? I do think... Like, Just Photoshop them in! Kenny, would you like to adjust your predictions? <laughs> no, because I, I genuinely... I don't think it's And then just their major be TV deal is, like a, is on BR Live. It's not even a TV deal. <laughs> It's still going to be fun, and like I see Aldo fighting in 18 months in one championship. In these, I love those Japanese crowds. It's such as a different vibe on the TV. Uh, it may be nostalgia for the Pride days. I don't know what, but like I, I'm excited about a promotion in Asia that is doing something a little bit different, and uh, I, I think it's great news for the sport in general. I want to see Demetrius fight like a sumo wrestler over there. Yeah, would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> just to see, just Free to watch that. Fights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want there to be like obstacles, like like mini golf. <laughs> like there's just fire that shoots up Although, in the middle of the ring. The guy that they're booking Demetrius against, watch his highlight. He's really good. Um, Alex. Uh, I'm glad Schmackar mentioned earlier talking about champions who who could compete at both heavyweight and light heavyweight because my, my my mild one star prediction uh, Randy Couture returns, 56 years <laughs> young, comes back. I don't know whether it's for Bell Tour, Golden or Boy, Golden Boy. Thank you. You know the, the <laughs> Tito Ortiz Revenge Tour. Uh, he's never beaten him. Uh, rise in, you know, maybe a grappling league. I don't know, but the, the natural will compete again. Let's just say there was a recent incident. I love this one. <laughs> that he would, I think he would like to to change the headlines. Uh, maybe some of the things that have been. Uh, I don't even want to bring yeah, it up. Fair I enough. Think it's vulgar, yeah. but uh, I think we do see Randy Couture. That's my my. my that, I can't believe you're putting this out star? into the universe. So this is the one star. <laughs> this is the one star. I, I want to see. Mild. I want to see how hot these next two takes um, are. Let's go. Two star barbecue. Uh, Conor McGregor. I agree. I agree. It doesn't fight again in the UFC in 2019. Maybe that's a mild one now because I think. Yeah, you might want to flip those two. Yeah, we seem right. to agree on that. Whether it's to take another boxing fight or you know pursue other opportunities, he has another child on the way. Just take time off. He just doesn't need to fight. And and you guys, like you said, the, the matchups just don't make sense. So. Sadly, uh, for for I think a lot of fans, I'm, I'm 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 you know I'm say what you want about the guy. I still love watching McGregor fight. It, it's a shame. I don't think we'll see anytime soon. Three star uh, Dana White, no longer UFC president Ooh. by the end of the everybody year. Makes this take, year everybody makes this take. Everybody makes this take every year. I know. This is, but <laughs> this time, uh, I, I think he's burnt out. I think. I actually think it's the opposite. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, It was either yesterday or or this morning. I I was thinking Dana White at the at the beginning of the year. If you remember, Colin Cowherd was on Fox and he said that Dana wasn't wasn't into it anymore. And then Dana had one of his legendary scrums where he was ripping Fox and ripping (laughs) Colin Cowherd and said it was an underhanded negotiating tactic and all this stuff. I feel like since then his level of enthusiasm has just been rising, like. Gradually till the end of the year, like he's still like the the Dana White momentum train is starting to pick up. He's getting fired up about stuff again. It would make sense that this ESPN deal was what like this is a natural ending point, right? Like if he's going to segue out of out of the sport, he got this done. It's also a natural starting point for him to to like he keeps saying, "Wait till you see what we do for the next five years." 
Like I think he's still got big plans and still loves doing it. I, I want th- Daniel Cormier to be UFC president. Well, that's so. what I say. I think ESPN <laughs> is a different beast than what Dana White has had to deal with before. He's very good at navigating the politics of, of the game. Don't get me wrong, but ESPN, he's never had to deal with the mouse before. The mouse is very powerful, and we've, we're living in an age now where you can get fired for tweets that you made seven years what ago. What do you mean? He let the mouse go to one FC. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's the host again that's what I say that's why, he, that's why he's the host and I'm, I'm a father of three children and by the way so <laughs> to explain the badness of the joke speaking of Daniel Cormier and the, you know daddest man on the planet uh, I could compete for that title but uh, yeah I, I think the ESPN thing it's just it's just gonna he's gonna make some decisions maybe the Greg Hardy things the beginning of the tipping point that they say maybe this guy isn't the guy to lead this product into the next you know into the future maybe they go with a, a, a Daniel Cormier a more friendly face a former fighter so that's that's the bold take there is a uh, no more Dana White with the UFC. Maybe a different role. Maybe still with the company, but not president. All right. All right. My three hot takes slash bold predictions for 2019. Uh, they're not in any order of one, two, or three stars, but you guys can be the judge of that. Um, the first one, uh, and there's no inside knowledge I have of, of, <laughs> of this first one coming through to fruition whatsoever. It's purely a bold prediction of mine is I think we're going to see another MMA promotion um, signed with ESPN Plus as a broadcast partner here in the US. I think if you look at organizations like the LFA, Cage Warriors in the UK, uh, PFL, um, I think there's appetite. Uh, and just from having conversations behind the scenes with a few people at ESPN, they're into the sport. Yes, they, they, it's great that the UFC is part of the, 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 the family, but they're really into the sport. You know, There's a reason why they launched um, an MMA YouTube channel a few weeks ago and not a UFC YouTube channel like Fox did. Everything with the Fox deal was always UFC on Fox on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and things of that nature. And with ESPN, it's all MMA on ESPN. So that kind of just makes me think, okay, maybe there's appetite to make a further investment. And then if you look at the bigger picture, look at the zone and you know, look at the, the, the competitive landscape in over-the-top streaming um, platforms now out there, there's just going to be you know, um, more appetite to kind of get a hold of rights uh, and MMA and combat sports in general is hot right now and trying to obtain those rights. So that's my first big prediction for, for next year, uh, a second MMA organization um, available on ESPN+. Plus. My second prediction is the UFC will hold an event in Hawaii. No more Ninth Island and Tenth Island for Max Holloway. I think the work that Bellator did uh, last weekend, they've kind of laid all the groundwork. They've kind of shown everyone. I disagree with that. What is Blaze well, Arena holds like 8,000 people. Well, not, the only way the UFC goes to Hawaii is if Max is headlining. And the only way to do that is at Aloha Stadium, and it's a logistical nightmare. Well, they could always build a stadium like they did in Abu Dhabi a few years ago. Yeah, because um, of all the oligarchs in, uh, and in I Hawaii. Guess, that, that and I guess this money. is why it's a bold prediction. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, It's not likely that it's going to happen, but it's my out there kind I just of don't thinking. like Bellator getting credit for Hawaii when they took the easy way out. Well, look, That's all. it's doing something, right? And it's at least showing that the market is there ready to hold an event and you, you can put on something special. And look, if you look at the UFC historically, they go to Dublin. It was a small venue uh, for, for Connor, right? They went to Liverpool, Darren Till, and they've d- done this time and time again. And sometimes those kind of events may not be profitable from a gate and receipt and media market standpoint, but it helps create stars or it helps um, you know make their current crop of talent bigger stars because they're fighting in their back. Backyard. Anyway, so that's, that's my that's, second. That's still a two-star take. So, uh, exactly. I mean, Couture is crazier than, than UFC <laughs> in Hawaii. So. All right, three happen. stars. And my final one, um, the UFC will introduce a 165-pound weight class. Wow. Mic huh? drop. There you go. Okay, I, that would well, be great, but I don't think it's going to happen. That was his three-star <laughs> prediction. That was my one-star prediction. <laughs> All right. I think Dana White's lying. I think they're going to do 165. 
I think they're going to do 175. They're going to get get rid of 170, move that to 175. So that's my hot take, the one star. My second star hot take, GSP is going to come back and he's going to fight Conor McGregor next year because I don't think Conor McGregor has many fights left in his career. And I think that's the biggest money fight they can do. And I'm not sure what, I think, you know, 165 would make sense if they want to do it there. That's only two stars? Uh, Yeah. And the third star, the UFC will release Tyron Woodley. I I don't think they like him. Mm -hmm. Sean Shelby was talking a lot of smack about him in the media room last week. They don't like him, man. And, you know, I don't think they like Demetrius that much either to let him go. It's going to be a mutual decision, but I think Woodley's going to end up somewhere else. Maybe Bellator, maybe Ryzen, maybe... He has a history with Coker. Yeah, yeah, he does. So that's my that's my uh, third star prediction. Mm, wow. that, I could see that happening. I can see that happening. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Um, all right. My one-star posi- uh, prediction, Daniel Cormier does not retire in March. Takes more fights next year. Um, I don't think that that's that big of a stretch. When you don't want to leave money on the table. Uh, two-star review. The flyweight division will be resuscitated in 2019. It'll make a comeback to the public outcry and demand. <laughs> And the three-star Viacom sells Bellator, possibly to the Perform Group, which owns the Zone, or to someone else. But I think that Vi- Viacom, now that um, their uh, chairman has uh, stepped down, who was the, what was the name of the guy who was uh, the was it Kevin K was was he the Kevin Fox? Shanks? Yeah, is that, is that no, is? Shanks is Fox. It was oh, Kevin sorry, K. Yeah, yeah. Now that Kevin K is out of the picture, I don't think that Viacom believes that it's a viable model for them to. And, and the ratings are terrible. The yeah, last, yeah. The last they just sold hundred million dollars yeah. from the zone. Yeah, they did. So it's profitable. It's a profitable sure. entity for them, right? Well, maybe, but I, I just don't know if they want to stay. You know, keep it on the Paramount Network. If you look at what else is on the Paramount Network, it's not yeah. super on brand. I don't know. That's just the, again, it's a three star prediction. Also, where's the actual ad? It's always ads for their own shows. I'm, just, I'm never, I'm never <laughs> it's, watching. It's because of Canada. It's, not, <laughs> it's because oh, okay. it's in Canada. In the okay. states, there's at least thirty different commercials that okay, they cycle okay. through, rather than the five that we get. I'm not here. watching Bar Rescue. It's just not happening. Well, it's Bastard. not happening. Are you gonna watch Lip Sync Battle? <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> Bring back a belt or a reality show, Fight Master too. A Fight Master, yeah. <laughs> that that would be a four Joe star four, four star take. <laughs> Speaking of which, Randy Couture was involved in that. See, that's it's, right. It, oh, you guys are feeling it. He's on to something, man. He's coming back. Yeah. All right. Well, that there you have it. Those are our, our hot takes. We'll revisit this again next year. Um, I will uh, once again go through who was on this wonderful panel. Danny Austin of Post Media. You can read his work on all the different Post newspapers and online. Uh, Alexander K. Lee of MMA Fighting. If you're not familiar with MMA Fighting, it's a website that covers mixed martial arts. Very, very good. Shamat <laughs> um, Garsandu of the Entertainment Sports. And what is it again? What's ESPN stand for again? Entertainment <laughs> Sports and something network. Sports. Network. He doesn't. He doesn't know network. Yeah. yeah. So he works for ESPN, and uh, he's he's signed on with ESPN in 2018. Big year for Sandu uh, going forward. We got a lot of great stuff going on with ESPN and uh, our partnership with ESPN through TSN. We're going to share a lot of content, and we're looking forward to that. And Adam Martin of SureDog.com, um, who's been in this game for a long time, loves the sport. Can I tell the Gustafson Jones story as we depart? Sure. He was sitting in front of me at the first Gustafson Jones fight, and there was a tear going down his eye up afterwards because of how man. much he loved oh, that fight. fight. This is a man who's very passionate about MMA, and I told him to have a box of Kleenex ready for this. Yeah. All right, thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll be back in 2019 with more TSN MMA show. Thanks to all of you who subscribed to the show. Um, and, again, please tell people about it. Review us on iTunes and uh, continue to listen to us on TSN Radio in Toronto and Ottawa. Thanks. We'll be back in 2019. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.